Catholic Radio's LostEastTAVShow.com's game. You're listening to The Starting Block. Hey, welcome to The Starting Block for another week. You've got myself, Green Ale, and I'm joined by a man who's been by my side for 10 years in the studio and 30-plus years off it. My co-captain, Damo, how are we, sir? Very good, Green Oak. Good evening. I've never been so happy to, to go through our spiel that we've been doing for, for 10 fucking years, believe it or yep. not. <laughs> good evening to you. Good evening to all the boys and girls out there on board the listenership. And as always, Green Oak, the blockheads. In the millions. Tuning in right around the world. We did it, baby. We did. We made we it. Did. We made it. 10 years, brother. Unbelievable. And, and for anyone uh, listening, this is legitimately the... To the day, yep. the tenth anniversary of the first ever episode of the Starting Block. We we trudged through the archives. We we went through the the files and whatnot, and managed to realise somehow we survived ten years of doing this, and we still have at least six people listening. <laughs> we, I mean, we've made great strides, haven't we? Like when yes. we started, you know, you actually, you know, what happened last night? My wife sent me a picture. Do you remember the picture we took like on our first day in the radio station? And I'm wearing uh, I'm, I'm wearing the Queensland jersey. Yeah. Uh, and you're well, sitting in the I'm chair. I'm going to say yes because my wife showed me the picture last night. That's <laughs> the, the only reason I remember it. <laughs> I, I saw that and I was like, holy shit, man. Like, because you and I both look completely different now as well, like in 10 years yep. as well. Uh, I've put a bit of, I put a little bit of put around the lummox. Uh, mm-hmm. you've buffed up. You you were skinny as a rake back then. Now you're like Mr. Universe yeah. over there with the big um, Al-Qaeda beard and everything going on. So it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's that. been some changes. There's been some changes uh, physically. Yeah. But, but the spirit of the show, however, as has remained the same. Yeah, because it's still terrible. Now, it, uh, and we just need to, we need to make an announcement. We often say that this is the most narcissistic and inverted podcast on the internet. Tonight it's going to yeah. be even worse, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, this is like next level. This is the the <laughs> ultimate in joke show and the most inverted and narcissistic episode of the most inverted and narcissistic show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, like uh, we're gonna, oh, I'll cover on this in a minute. But look, you talked about the intro. Uh-huh. Um, I think the fans want to listen. They want to know. Okay. What did the intro sound like? And what did the first back and out sound like? Yeah. <laughs> On episode one, Damo. I don't it's, even... it's, it's a step back in time, I think. It's a step back to... in time. Hey, hey. Yeah. Okay. There you go. All the to... way to 2010. 2010. 2010, that's right. Uh, episode one, yeah. minute one of the show. Yep. That's Let's let's hear what uh, a bit a bit of a bit of boogie and greeno okay. sounded like back so, back on the first. Episode. So it, it's it's like the the very first time that we've ever been on FM radio. You're about to hear correct the very yeah. first moments. So we've done like all of the training, right? We went to those mm-hmm. meetings where they say like, here's the ACMA guidelines, and you're not allowed yep. to accuse people of being pedophiles, which we'll get into later. You know, don't say to, cunt on air, things like that. Can't, you can't say yeah. here's a here's a list of the do not do. So we've gone through mm. all that, we've checked all the boxes, and we're right. Okay, we're pumped. Yep. It's like, yeah. you know what, Greeno? You know what, Greeno? You know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to be a stereotypical uh, FM radio guy. Like, I'm just going to be natural. I'm going to be myself. <laughs> and so that, that was what the plan was. But then yeah. the first time when those microphones go hot, because I used to do yeah. the intros back then. I used to do the That's voiceover. Right. Now Greeno does them. Um, and rightly so when you hear this. So anyway, so you, you go into it with, like, these dreams. Like, oh, I'm just going to be a natural guy on the radio. 
So you're about to hear my first ever foray, our first ever foray ever on FM radio. Here we go. <laughs> and it's Gary Glitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, this is going to be bad. Oh, God. I do miss that intro song, though. Intro's good. Wake up. It's 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning. You're tuned into 89.3 FM, 2GLF, your local station. You're on the starting block. Oh, You're God. here with Damo and the co-captain, Greeno. We're going to go through a steaming pile of sport. The ashes are in full swing. <laughs> steaming pile There's of sport. There's a lot to get through, people. 60 minutes of heaven and sometimes hell. Stay tuned. You're going to love it. Okay. Here's the countdown. 89.3 FM. <laughs> All right, let's 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 do some analysis there. First, and, first and foremost, um, the, the 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 point where you realise that you've got about eight seconds of dead air before yeah, the thing's about to go. Like, all right, here's the countdown. <laughs> like, what do yeah. I say? I've done my intro spiel. I spoke yeah. too quickly. <laughs> the intro spiel. You went too fast, and yeah, you messed up the timing. Yeah. Now, uh, if we can do a quick kimono pull on that, yeah. that that wasn't live. That was pre-recorded, That's and that right. was the that was the best thing we had. So, <laughs> imagine how bad the other takes were that we spent two weeks kind of nutting it out, writing it, recording it. You just reminded <laughs> me, shit. You're right too. You just reminded me that wasn't right. we played that on the like we, that was we played that. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. So that's even worse. That's even more embarrassing. So you may have been embarrassed. And look, your voice has definitely changed over the years. Uh, everyone in the chat saying, who the hell was that? that well, that- I, I was talking about this like on my show that I just finished the Daily Boogie. Like when I was listening back, I was like, God, I sound so different. But I think it was probably nerves. It's it's either it's either because you know like when you when when you're uptight like when you're anxious you kind of your your chest tightens you know like mm. and so it's like hey welcome to the show you know so I think it was like it became more nasally but yep. there's also the added um, dynamic of like an extra ten years of smoking cigarettes and drinking heavily I think which has affected yeah, my voice somewhat that'll, do it. That <laughs> that'll do probably it. change it as well but I think yeah. it was I think it was more like nerves and you know. You know, you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense at all? But it does. And, and also, uh, can, can we just make a quick point? Yeah. The, the quality of the audio. Thank you. From ten years ago, when we were in an actual radio studio with a so-called professional setup, to now. Oh yeah. I think the audio sounds better now. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> we're working from home. Yeah. No. Definitely. Like, um, because when you share a studio, you can't you can't make wholesale changes. Because no, well, what if we had? We had five minutes for me to adjust the board exactly. before we walked in to get it on the settings we wanted. And you, you're working off a quick panel, and you don't even get five seconds. You've got to set up other things. Yeah. You can't just put this around with the level. So, yeah, um, yeah audio wise, and it is it is like you know, like you've seen in TV shows and stuff when you're at a radio, like a legit radio station. Like it was a community station, but it was like it was a very small local radio station, but it was still a radio station. Yeah. So what you see on TV is accurate. Like the person you're waiting outside the studio for the person who's on before you to finish up. And like the etiquette thing to do is like, okay, reset everything, put everything back and then get out of the studio five minutes before the hour. So like you play a clip or a song or whatever, and then that goes to a news broadcast or whatever it is. So the other people have like minimum five minutes, but we always seem to have this. We always seem to get the people 
who would leave us like 30 seconds yeah. and we'd be running in and getting all our paperwork <laughs> out and like, if they, can you believe this? I can't believe that like all the years we were on radio, we didn't have like a hot mic moment where I was like, can you believe that fucking prick giving us 30 seconds? <laughs> fucking assholes. Like, I'm surprised that never went to air because that was said often. Like, every week. <laughs> every single week. All right, so we've done an analysis of you there, mate. That this is that's your first foray. Now I've I'm obviously not much better. Let's Greeno used to do the back announce to open the show, similar to what I do now, just yep. less professionally. Let's let's listen to Greeno's first back announce. But this was actually live. This was on the show. This was live though. This wasn't pre-recorded. Okay, so let's have a listen. Greeno's first back announce on FM radio. Now eighty nine point three, your local station, wherever you are. And welcome back to the starting block here on a Sunday morning. It's so low energy, Greeno. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, Greeno here along with my co-captain Damo. How morning, are you this Greeno. morning? Yeah, very good. Very uh, excited, pumped to be here. Uh, and, very, uh, uh, you know, very, very much looking forward to a, a great day of cricket ahead. Great day ahead. We've got uh, about two hours before the match actually kicks off again for day yeah. four. Mm-hmm. Just enough time <laughs> to uh, sink a few cold ones. Uh, cold ones, yeah. Because it is afternoon somewhere in the world. Yeah, that's true. Brecky beers, though. Brecky beers. Brecky absolutely. beers, just in honour of the cricket. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so- oh, it's so natural, Greg. Uh, look, the, in our defence, the, the energy... Uh, we, we were doing, like, breakfast radio on a Sunday morning yeah. as, like, guys in our mid-20s who, who enjoyed a beverage on the Saturday night. Yeah. Um, we were hauling us up at, what, 5.30 in the morning oh, to yeah. get in there for 6 to do show prep and yeah. put the show together and fo- read the newspapers, see what's there. Um, we used to take, turns, we we used we to take right. turns bringing Red Bull. like so, And not just... Not just a regular Red Bull, no, big boy Red Bull. Well, we drink two of them like, because I used to drink one of them on the way and then drink another one at the studio. So we'd have like a litre of Red Bull in us before, which I've I've since discovered after a few years of doing this that it's not good to load up on Red Bull because you get way too jittery and all that. You're much better off yeah. just having like a nice whiskey or something. You know? Yeah. It's like something to take the edge off. You don't want to amp yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Spot on. <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. That sounds uh, it, Oh, yeah, terrible. big Big day of cricket ahead. Cricket, yeah. it's gonna Welcome be good. to Community Radio. <laughs> uh, excited to be here. Well, it was difficult because remember at the start too, like we went like two months without actually ever hearing our show because we couldn't get recordings of it. Do you remember That's right. that? Yeah. So, like, normally what you do is you sit there, you'd listen back after episode after an episode and go, hey, that sounded terrible. This sounded shit. Right. Let's make sure we do this better next time. And you do, like, proper analysis. Mm-hmm. Well, we would anyway because back then we tried. Yep. And But, yeah, for some reason they couldn't give us the audio because they're like, oh, it's lost. We can't. There's no way we can get it. Yeah, so we were so flying like, oh. blind. We didn't know yeah. how it sounded at all. We were just kind of, yep. like, feeling our way through it. And you need and you need to like- be able to that you need that analysis because you've realised oh wait that bit doesn't work that segment yeah. sounds terrible I sound terrible when I say this you know all that kind of thing yeah, yeah. spot on and, and then I think it was like yeah, two months later they're like oh we could have just gone into this particular file and downloaded we're like we could have had a month's worth of, like this whole month's been terrible we could have fixed this months ago. Um, <laughs> Thanks for letting us know. And that's how we got those clips. Well, not only um, do you not realise, like, how you sound, but you also, on radio, it's very difficult, especially in a small, like, little community station, it's very difficult to actually get numbers of if anybody's listening or not. Yeah. But then... Yeah, you have no idea. Right. So we put a call out, like, is anybody... Basically, is anybody out there? Is any <laughs> is anybody listening? If you're listening, get in touch. And then, yeah. Greeno, somebody got in touch. Mm-hmm. Somebody got in touch. And that would be our first ever blockhead, the first one. 
The first, the first one, one. The first now, official blockhead. Can, can I give you a bit of uh, back context to what we're about to, to hear? Yes. Um, this, uh, nothing on radio is, is original, right? So I'm like, look, I, in the spirit of the 10-year show, i got to do the same. Now, I watched, uh, there was like this thing on YouTube for a couple of months back where Papa Roach were doing like a video tribute to themselves yep. for 10 years since they released an album. <laughs> Papa Roach. What, 20 years. <laughs> 20 years since they released an album. And it went for like three hours where they were getting their mates to do sound bites congratulating them on it being 20 years since they released an album. Right. And I'm like, Does, that does seems Papa Roach still have friends? That's amazing. They do. That's they do. Wild. And I was like, that seems very inverted and narcissistic. I'm fucking stealing that idea. <laughs> so we nice, been- Gary. <laughs> So we've reached out to a friends of the show over the years. And as you mentioned, our first ever fan, our first ever blockhead, as yep. we referred to her. Yep. Um, Who has since gone past us and become like um, a superstar in like their in shows both, in entertainment. Yeah, media, media, entertainment, has set up her own kind of business, effect, business pretty much, which promotes women's sport and, and whatnot, <laughs> doing doing wonderful things for the community. Yeah. Which is She's ironic considering I've spent the last 10 years like pillaring women's sport. <laughs> yeah. Back then we used to try and be an actual sports show. Yep. Um, uh, so let, let's have a listen. Mary Kay's been nice enough to send us a message. Mary Kay, our first ever blockhead. Take it away, Mary. Uh, take it away, Mary. Hey, Legends at the Starting Block. Just a really quick message to say congratulations on 10 years of podcasting and contributing to the sporting landscape across the country. 10 years is a really long time and you've done exceptional work over that period. Not only bringing insightful analysis of sport, (laughs) but keeping us all entertained and keeping us all laughing. I wish you all the very best for the next decade. Keep up the great work and I look forward to catching up with you soon. Best wishes and lots of love. Thank you, Mary Kay. Mary Kay special. She's a good one. She's one of the good ones. She's got an absolute heart of gold and... I've I've seen her angry maybe once or twice right. online, yeah, and did. even that is very kind of like he double hockey sticks <laughs> is kind of you know what I mean. Yeah. She's she's the kindest, most sweet person ever, and like to be honest, I, I reached out to her like we haven't spoken in like in a, a few years, and nothing bad. It's just you know, yeah, actually doesn't really fit the the sport genre anymore. So right. um, probably not up her alley. But when I reached out, she was more than happy. She's like, definitely, I'll, I'll send something back, and had had some back in like. A day. Um, unbelievable. Thanks so much for that, Mary. Thank you, Mary um, Kay. Absolutely brilliant. Nice, Gary. Um, D- Damo, should we do a bit of uh, a bit of uh, block story time to talk about how the show actually started? Oh, okay. All right. Let's... I like stories about pinatas. Because this goes back to like just after I left high school when uh, we-, we thought, here's a good idea. Hmm. We fucking crack each other up. Yep. We need to be on radio. It's it's a public disservice for us not to be on air somewhere, <laughs> putting whatever we do here out into the airways. Why would why should we deny average ordinary people the joy of knowing us? That would yep. be awful to do that. Exactly. They may as so, well be dead. So we went around to every local radio station we could. Now remember, this is community radio, so they don't have to pay us. We are offering our services for, for free, for assuming. Assuming the fat checks will come once people uh, Hear you know, how good we get are. on board. Yeah, Hear the good are, don't they? Yeah. And I remember there was one uh, one particular place we went to. We filled in the application and they're like, why What makes your show, uh, why should we put you on air was like one of the questions. Mm-hmm. And we just said, I think our exact quote was, we're, we're funny, trust us. <laughs> you put that on the application. We're on funny, the application, trust us. You're right. Funny, I remember it. that. Like yeah. a, a four-word uh, 
they're expecting a paragraph. Well, we wish yeah. they they're expecting something like we're going to provide a service to the community and focus on community yeah. issues, highlighting sports in the local communities, mm. uh, engaging with local stakeholders in order to promote small sports teams uh, and their sports days and their open days because we believe community engagement is vital and radio is the best medium in order to access these communities. They're expecting something like that. And we they just wrote, yeah. we're funny, trust us. Trust us. <laughs> And that was our application. And they, and they did not trust us, did they, Greener? No, they didn't. Uh, we didn't hear back from any of those stations. So we're like, okay, well, we've, we've applied for five, six different stations in the you know the Penrith area. Uh, we, we're getting nowhere. It's over. We're done. Yeah, Move forward, I guess, eight, nine years. And I move out to kind of Liverpool way. And you, you start to get that radio bug, Dave. Yeah. You're like, Greeno, I think... I think we need to apply for these radio shows again. What do you reckon? I'm like, yeah, mate. Like, yeah. Just, Got a bit of life experience you know, now. We've learned. We've been yeah. around the traps. We can do this, man. Yeah. We can do it. Exactly. And and you gave me a call uh, one Saturday afternoon and you're like, Greeno, Greeno, good news. We've got a spot. I'm like, what are you talking about? And you're like, remember a couple of weeks ago I asked you about the radio show, should I apply? I did it. They've already gone in contact. They've got a spot for us. And I'm sitting there going, excellent. Like, what are we doing? Like late night, weeknights, blah, blah, blah. You're like, Sunday, 8 a.m. And I'm like, <laughs> No, man, like, because once again, we used to, I used to be out every Saturday night. And I'm like, it's 8 a.m. Oh, no. On that, Sunday. Oh, oh I'm going to have to interrupt the I story I like there. stories about pinatas. I'm going to open my own I like story. stories yeah. about pinatas. The reason that you were so against the idea was not originally because you were out every Saturday night, because back then you and I were both in the Johnson Brothers Golf Club. We also had golf, that's right. Sunday mornings was our golf day. So we, yeah, we for what, a year or two, we were playing golf like, what every second Sunday or every second Sunday for two years, yeah, right, going around all the different courses around Sydney and and then like in you know further out in New South Wales. And I love my golf. Greeno loves his golf, and we didn't mm. want to give up our golf. And Greeno was like, "Yeah, but what about the golf club?" And I said, "Greeno, this is what we've always wanted. We've always yeah. wanted a radio show." And I reassured him that <clears throat> I said, "Look, we're going to do Sunday mornings for like three months, and then they're going to discover that Sunday morning really isn't our time slot." Then we're going to get like a, a good nighttime prime time spot because we're so good at this, even yeah. though we've never done it. And then we'll go back to playing golf on a Sunday. Greeno, how long were we in the Sunday morning time slot for? Uh, three years, Damon. <laughs> and not only were we on the Sunday morning time slot for, for three years, ah. it, they moved us an hour earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so we had the eight o'clock for the first six months and then they're like, new schedule, boys. And we're like, oh, yeah, we need we need late night. And they're like, how does 6 a.m. sound on a Sunday? <laughs> and we, we followed the Tongan, the, the Tongan church service. <laughs> yeah, Tongan church service. <laughs> At 6 a.m. with a bit of, hey, fucking steaming balls worth of sport. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's how it all began. <laughs> I, 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 I miss those days, though, to be honest. Yeah, we, like, they were good times. Yeah. Tell you why I miss those days, Damo. We did make some friends at the station over we the did. years. Yeah. And uh, our friends were uh, a sports show, a soccer show that came in about a year into our tenure. That's right. Called Beyond the 90. Beyond the and we 90. made some good friends there. We had uh, Supernova Pete Novikowski. Mikey, we had no Mikey, nickname, Mikey no nickname Ruchek. We had uh, Anno from the previous show, Anno Dong. Oh, and thank more. you. Because I've been racking my brain for the last two days. I'm trying to remember what was Anno Dong's fucking nickname? Because we had one for yeah. it. It was Anno from the yeah. previous show. The previous show. That's right. Because they went on before us. And we also had Matty Greenlaw, who also didn't have a nickname. Yes. Um, he was just Because he'd only come in time to time. That's right. So we, we made some good friends over the years there with uh and some had some good times yep. chatting with them we jump on their show for a bit where i knew nothing about the round ball game but they're like you, you can jump in and i'm like 
how? Like, mm. <laughs> I'm going to sit here in silence. Yeah, do you and remember, you do you remember that one time when Mikey, no nickname, Ruchek, uh, Anno Dong wasn't there that time. So Supernova Pete yeah. and Mikey invited us onto there. Like they were actually doing a legitimate soccer show where they would they were interviewing like Australian like youth players and stuff. Like it was a serious show. And they yeah. invited us on for one episode. And we're like, uh, we're not really sure if we're suited for this. And they're like, no, it'll be mm. fine. And then we were cracking jokes and making fun of all of the guests that they had and everything. And it was like, they were like, oh, that was fun. And I'm like, are you guys going to be able to get these people back for another interview yet? Or? Well, well, no, the problem was because Anne wasn't there. And they're like, can you run the board? I'm like, yeah, I can run a board. Yeah. But we, ne- we didn't take phone calls. And they had like an Australian player on the phone for 40 minutes trying to That's get quickly right. on air. And I'm like, I don't know how to work this. I was just pressing random buttons, hoping that <laughs> this player get on air. <laughs> We're just filling time because they're like, we've planned to talk to this guy for 20 minutes. I'm like, That's just right. keep talking. I can't Did, get him on air. Didn't the guy get really pissed and he said, this is so unprofessional and yeah. stuff? Because we had him on hold for 40 minutes. Like this yeah. guy who we've asked, who they've asked on a Sunday morning, right, to, <laughs> to give some of their, his time. He's like high up in the Australian football system and we've just fucking had him on hold listening to us make jokes about football stuff. Yeah. Um, but we made some good friends and they became fans of the show and none other than uh, Supernova Pete Novikowski. And Supernova's also been nice enough to send us a, a birthday message himself talking about how much of a fan of the show he is. Supernova Pete Novikowski. Hey, hey, starting block it is Supernova Pete Novikowski from, uh, you, you know, the radio show that doesn't actually exist anymore because <laughs> we just kind of couldn't be bothered going into the studio. Uh, I think it was called Beyond the 90. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, quick one. Um, apparently, it's like your 10th birthday or something. So, um, go light a candle and don't let off the fire alarms. Uh, look after yourselves. Try not to break any hips. And uh, just... Just celebrate in whatever way that you want to, because to be honest, I uh, only ever see you on Twitter these days and um, haven't listened to the show in a long time. So, uh, yeah, happy 10th birthday, and uh, let me know if you have gotten any of the Christmas cards that I've sent you, because I haven't actually got a reply in a while. Um, Yeah, love you guys. (laughs) Thank you, Supernova. I don't even listen anymore, to be honest with you. Uh, those those Christmas cards must have been returned to sender, unfortunately. We, we've moved addresses since then. Well, do you, so, do you remember, Greeno? So we were on Beyond the 90 as a fill-in, and uh, mm-hmm. we destroyed their show. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, but then we invited Supernova Pete on our show, and then yeah. the first time he was on our show, he risked our show. Like, he gave us payback. And yeah. um, basically, so yeah, a little bit of context to this clip you're about to hear. The, the number one player, like, in the media at the time was a guy uh, for football, like soccer, was a guy named Josh Kennedy, Greeno. And Josh Kennedy mm-hmm. was famous because he had long hair, right? He was, like, one of the only world footballers who had long hair at the time. And he'd recently yeah. signed a contract to play with a Japanese team. And apparently, I didn't know this at the time, but apparently uh, the Japanese teams don't let their men have long hair. Like, they're like, no, no, you have to cut your hair. So he cut his hair, right? Josh Kennedy. So Mm -hmm. we invited Supernova Pete on to a segment we had at the time called The Fluff File, which was just kind of like all of these random little tidbits that we had uh, at the end of the show. If we needed to kill 10 minutes, we'd do The Fluff File. It's like, oh, well, it's time for everybody's favorite segment, The Fluff File. So it's nothing but filler. Nothing but filler. So we invited uh, Supernova Pete on. And you're going to hear um, like a, 
like a censored, like a beep, come on, when Supernova's talking, that's when he's accusing this well-known footballer here in this country of looking like a pedophile. So <laughs> just to let you know. So here's Supernova Pete on the fluff file back in 2011, I think. I think so, yeah. Uh, Greeno, what else have we got in the fluff file this week, this very ill-prepared segment? Actually, but, but before I forget, I did want to discuss, uh, uh, this is definitely fluff file material. Mm. What happened to Josh Kennedy's hair? Yeah, he cut, he cut off the Jesus hair. He, he <laughs> cut it off when he went to Japan. And, really? I don't uh, like it. Yeah, they don't like long hair on men in Japan. Yeah. No. So he cut it all off, and now it just looks like he's a... Yeah. <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, look, it just Couldn't looks... you make those comments on your own show, Pete? <laughs> supernova, <laughs> supernova Pete's opinions, uh, yeah, those of his uh, own, are not yeah. representative of <laughs> that on the starting block, <laughs> or to uh, 2 Contact me personally um, at Beyond the 90. And <laughs> Please do. crap out of me, because, to be honest, he does look really, really dodgy. <laughs> Stop. Oh. Oh, sorry, this is a horrible fluff file. I'm this is really a great fluff sorry. file. This is what the fluff <laughs> file is all about. Supernova, Pete. No, Supernova. First segment on our show calls an Australian player a pedophile. pedophile. Um, that's going to go down well with the broadcasters. Absolutely. Um, so, so he, he, this was early days, and and back in the early days as well, Damo, mm. uh, we we had a resident cricket expert because remember we were, we were like a full on sports show back then. Yeah. Like we, we slowly weaned that out over the years. It became like full sport, then you know ninety percent sport, and then we got down to like three percent sports content towards Correct. the. The back end of the decade, yeah, and now back and now the- this show is just basically self fellatio. Like, yeah, if this, if tonight <laughs> is any example. <laughs> so, um, we we thought we, we need to get the experts in to make it seem like a legitimate sports show. Correct, and, and we got our, a resident cricket expert. We're like, look, who do we know? Who do we know who knows their cricket? Who, we, who's in touch with the cricket community? Yeah, and we we got in touch with a, a good friend of ours, uh, the former opening bat, former the opening bowler, Saint the Hawks, under twelve Bs, Joel, Joel Stasinowski. <laughs> uh, we're like, look, if you played in under twelve Bs, mate, you're you're about as much of an expert as we can we can muster. He didn't only play. He didn't only play in the under twelve Bs. In the under twelve Bs, he was the number one batsman and the number one bowler. I mean, you can't get any more expert than that. Hundred percent right. So we brought him on to be uh, the cricket expert, yeah. and it, it turns out in the you know. 12 to 15 years since he last played, he's let his cricket knowledge slip a little bit. And I think that's evident by this clip. Let's have a look. <laughs> well, that was Staz's classic moment from yesterday. Our, our yeah. resident cricket expert going yeah. up to that was uh, Josh Hazelwood, actually. Josh Hazelwood. Oh, they're all they're all fresh they're all based, uh, young pups these days. Yeah. So it's hard to tell. Energetic young go getters. Yeah. Yeah. They're so <laughs> vibrant. You can't focus on them. <laughs> they all wear products. They're always, so dynamic. They're always moving. You can't, <laughs> Absolutely. You can't track them. What you what you say to young Josh Hazelwood? Well, I mean, like the, I mean, the eyes. To be to be fair, my eyes aren't quite what they used to be. <laughs> Here we go. So I trundled up. Are oh, you looking for excuses? <laughs> up there, barge about four kids out of the way because that's an important business to attend to. Yeah, Greeno was saying that it, I'm a journalist. Move aside. <laughs> Green, what were you, who were you saying it was? I was saying it was Steve O'Keefe. And I, I was back. Oh, like, you were saying it was anyone but Steve O'Keefe. Yeah. If you, if you if you need a little bit of context, first of all, the 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 buzzing sound that you can hear in this clip that's not me. That's what was going to air at the time, and we they, the station wouldn't tell us how to fix it. And we were like, there's there's a buzzing noise in the studio. And they're like, ah, you're crazy. Nobody can hear that. So, it's definitely, definitely no buzz. It's not going out to air. It's not going out on. to air. So that buzzing noise is what you can hear was coming out of the studio. But so basically our resident cricket expert, what happened was we all went to a cricket match. 
and the cricket expert, we were like, hey, you're our resident cricket expert. Go up there and get like a comment or something, get a quote, you know, get a line from this guy for the show. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And then he didn't know the name of the player that he was speaking to. <laughs> who ended up going on to be uh, one of Australia's you know, best. One of Australia's best bowlers. Yeah. Who, we, who we knew at like the age of 19, basically. Mm. And he, so he couldn't, our resident cricket expert didn't know the names of the players. That's what of a professional show we were. So let's carry on. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Actually, I thought it was... Um, Abbott. No, it wasn't Abbott because he was on the field. Ah, right. Because it was when New South Wales were actually fielding. Wasn't true, it? true. Yeah, so it was one of the injured ones. Yeah. Mm. One um, of the injured ones. many injured ones. Yeah, about 15 yeah, of them. Yeah, like, as well. yeah, 11 to pick from or whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 11 year olds to pick from. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we got left. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I, I trundled up there and... and Said to him, Oi, uh, that's the best way to <laughs> start a conversation. <laughs> Oi, um, you are. Uh, Do you know who I, I am? Say Andrew O'Keefe then. <laughs> yeah. no, St- Steve O'Keefe. Steve O'Keefe. No deal. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. And what was his look? The reply? Uh, well, first he goes, Yeah. And I don't think you heard me properly because he quite, quite clearly wasn't <laughs> uh, as the conversation <laughs> went on. So I asked him again, and he's like, nah, I'm, I'm Josh Hazelwood. He's Josh Hazelwood. Josh Hazelwood. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. Um, <laughs> he's, our, he's our cricket expert. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, he goes, Josh Hazelwood. I had nothing after that. All right, okay, I'm embarrassed myself. Yeah. <laughs> All I had to say was, good on you. Yeah. Face, walked away. Gold. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's something to look forward to. Future yeah. listenings of the starting block. You can get in touch with our resident cricket expert and tell him who the players are. <laughs> we had some good times. Now, that is also that that evening uh, where our resident cricket expert harassed Josh Hagelwood is the day we got the Mitchell Stark party whistle. That is. I, and I don't even have the party whistle sound anymore. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah that's the one. Um, so, we, as you can see, back to even year one, big fans of Sheffield Shield here on the show. Absolutely. So, we're going to wrap. Wrap up. It only seems appropriate to to wrap up the first segment. Well, with, um, before 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 you do this, I have to provide a little bit of context, Greeno. So Sheffield Shield, right? So you have the Australian cricket team. Now, cricket mm-hmm. to most people is boring enough, but we love it. And that so the Australian you have the Australian team. Below the Australian team, you have all of the states in Australia who play against each other. That's called the Sheffield Shield, right? And, you know, what's supposed to happen is the best players from the Sheffield Shield make the Australian team, but that rarely happens. Uh, So you have the state competitions called the Sheffield Shield. Now, what was happening was we would spend like 20 minutes, half an hour talking about local cricket, like Sheffield Shield competitions. And then anybody who was listening to the show at the time would say, "Uh, yeah, the show's okay, but you spend far too much time talking about fucking Sheffield Shield that nobody cares about. So can you stop talking about the Sheffield Shield so much? So we took that advice on board and said, let's double it. <laughs> let's double it. Let's, let's do twice as much. And we we go through each game and go through each scorecard and go through every single player's <laughs> every score single and just comment exactly. for like a year just to piss off the listeners because that's the way we used to do our show. Correct. Um, <laughs> so over all those years of analysis, we've had we've had some personal favourites on this show that mm-hmm. we feel are kind of like the perfect block team. They're our boys. They're our boys. They're our boys. Now we've, we've had so many over the years, friends of the show, mm-hmm. uh, as we call them, that we couldn't even nut them down to a team of the decade. We had to get them down to a squad of the decade. Like a touring squad. A touring squad of the decade. So let's, let's have a look who we got in the, the block shield dream touring squad of the decade. Give it to uh, me. Our openers, Damo. How can we go past Simon Cadditch and Ed Cowan? Uh, I like stories. Oh, of- pardon me, wrong one. Nice, Gary. <laughs> yeah. Nice, Gary. Excellent. Uh, 
the, the cap, the man who was dropped after averaging 50 in test cricket because he choked the cricket captain of the time. That's right. And- Simon Kadich, the man who was dropped because he, he was the best player in the team. And what happened was the vice captain was a guy named Michael Clark, who I really like, but uh, a lot of people hate because he's kind of a pretty boy, but he's like a New South Wales player. So I always love him. Um, yep. But he was the vice captain being groomed at the time to be the captain. And what happened is like, there's a tradition in Australian cricket. You win a game, you sing the team song. All right. You have a beer and stuff. Well, that's the way it used to be. And he didn't want to sing the song. He didn't want to go through the routine. He wanted to leave early so he could go to the nightclub and probably hang out with lingerie models, which is what he was doing at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Which is fair enough. Okay, I don't blame him. But yeah. so Simon Kadich, one of the elder statesmen of the team, uh, apparently allegedly grabbed him by the throat and shoved him up against a locker room, uh, a locker, and said, you'll fucking stay here until we're done. And then <laughs> when Michael Clark became the captain, he dropped Simon Kadich, even though he was the best player in the team. <laughs> And then uh, I think like three years later, he uh, Simon Cadditch had the greatest uh, season of Sheffield Shield ever by a batsman. Yep. And they the pretended where, like it didn't happen. They ignored no, him. That, to the point where he scored so many runs, they're like, we cannot not pick this dude. Mm-hmm. That they forced their hand by having a historic season. So the cat goes in there. And same with Eddie Cowan. That dude, this dude averaged like 60 in Sheffield Shield for four years. Yep. And because he was a bit different, because he, he wasn't an aggressor. This was the time of aggressive cricket. That's and right. Ed Cowan would, he'd spend, you know, the time out in the middle. He'd score a, a hundred off 300 balls. Yep. And they're like, no, no, you need to be more aggressive. And Ed's like, well, it doesn't matter. I'm getting the runs, right? That's right. No, well, test matter. cricket's about occupying time more than like anything else, yeah. really. Like you don't, you just don't give your wicket away in test cricket. So he's like, well, I play traditional test cricket. Surely I'll be a shoe in in the test team. And they're like, no, you need to play more like 2020. Yeah, play like 2020. <laughs> so he, he goes in our blocked uh, t- touring squad of the decade. Yep. Uh, coming in next would be Brad Hodge. Yes. Who, who was severe. Who, nice, uh, got, got, got dropped from the Australian team after scoring 200. Yep. Um, He is the greatest player to not have an international career. The only problem was for Brad Hodge was like, he was so good, but the guy who played in his same, in his position was the Australian captain who was also regarded as one of the greatest batsmen of all time. So like, it's like, Oh God. Like if he had played any other batting position, like any other role in a team, he would have been the first one picked. In any yeah, other country on earth, he would be the first guy you'd pick. But he just and average fifty five in Test cricket, like he did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the next man comes in is uh, special to our hearts because we got like months of material out of him. Nick Maddinson, seventy seven, Damo. Nick uh, Maddinson. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Gary. At, at this point in the order, we need to get an all rounder in, and we're, we're thinking all rounders. We, we need someone with a bit of character with with a quality nickname. And I couldn't go past Whiskers. Whiskers, James hey. Nice, uh, Gary. The Queensland. Who, Queensland, who slowly but surely built this amazing uh, Sheffield Shield career, both with bat and ball, and yeah. just went under the radar in, in the long term of the game. Yeah, and didn't he play till he was like 40 years old as well? Like, yeah, and still crushed it. Yeah, and is he still going in like some 2020 and stuff? Or? Nah, he's, he's fully retired now. Oh, so. okay. But he um, kept going in 2020 like a, a Brad Hogg, for example. Yeah, he went plays. for a while yeah. and just yeah, still did all right. Now, uh, time for the wicket keepers. Now, uh, we, we had to take two because it's a, a tour. You've got to make sure you've got a backup keeper. Right. So uh, we've gone Matty Wade, who was a man that I spent four years before he was even on the radars of Australian cricket. Relentlessly sucking up, his dick on the radio. Going, <laughs> going, this guy is going to be the next Australian wicket keeper. Loving it. It was following his career from, from day one. So he gets in the squad for me. And then uh, the man who uh, actually listened to our show and, and sent us a tweet thanking us for the, the rap we gave him, 
One Daniel Smith. Daniel Smith, when he scored, I think it was like 180 or something at North Sydney think, Oval. Yeah. North Sydney was, Oval, and we did like a big, big segment on him, and we played like "You're the best" you're from the best, uh, Karate Daniel. Kid. Yep. And he, he sent us a tweet afterwards, going, "Thanks, boys." Thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> so so gets on straight the list. away, yep. he's on the list. Uh, then we've got Trent Copeland, who's probably the one of the most dominant Australian uh, bowlers over the last decade. Still, but because he only bowls medium pace, yep. they're like, "Well, you know, you need to bowl fast. It doesn't matter. You've taken 500 first class wickets." Yeah. You got to do it quicker. It doesn't matter that he's the most like the economy rate of uh, Copes is better than pretty much every single modern bowler over the last thirty years. He still doesn't get to play for Australia because Australian selectors say he's not fast enough. It's like, well, he takes a lot of fucking wickets though. You know, yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, then we got another man who was overlooked for for so long uh, for reasons unknown, probably because he was a bit of a loose cannon. Steve O'Keefe. Steve O'Keefe, Socky. Sorry. Uh, I had to put this man in the Shield team of the decade just because we spent so much time talking about him in both a positive and negative light. Yep. Has to be Mitchell, Mitchell Johnson. Mitchell Johnson. The Mitchell Johnson Award, ladies and gentlemen. Award. That's right. I'll be back. I'll be back. She'll be back. I'm back. I'll be back. I just um, can I just quickly give a little context to the Mitchell Johnson Award? So the reason we had a segment called the Mitchell Johnson Award. So basically, Mitchell Johnson was a player, um, and he he's our most famous ever sorry book. Basically, Mitchell Johnson, like he's the mm-hmm. one that we had to swallow big time. I mean, you know, we spent forty minutes sorry booking him. Yeah, that's how that's how much we abused this dude for the first five years of our show. So basically, like. He was a kind of like he was a pretty quick bowler, but he was so erratic and he wasn't very consistent. He could be good, but he was shit. And then he kind of like got dropped from the team. And then for four years, basically everyone was saying, oh, Mitchell Johnson, he's, you should see him. He's so good. He's coming back. He's back. Every time he had one good game, everyone would be like, oh, Mitchell Johnson, he's back. He's back. So we turned it into an award where basically like has-beens, when, some, when they have one good game and everybody says they're back, we would turn it into the Mitchell Johnson Award. And we were like, he's not coming back. He's never going to be as good as he was. He's done. He's finished. Forget about Mitchell Johnson. And then um, in the Ashes tour, when England came here, when we needed to win the Ashes, Mitchell Johnson single-handedly destroyed the other team five games in a row. <laughs> the, literally the greatest fast bowling series I've ever seen in yep. history. And, and so, like, much so, so much so that the, the number three batsman for England, Jonathan Trott, came out here. Do you remember this? He quit yep. halfway through the season because Mitchell Johnson was in his head so much. He was like, he's like, I'm suffering mental health problems. Like, yeah, I can't I'm going to on a plane and going home. Yeah, I'm yeah, done. He's, he quit halfway through the series. He wasn't the only. I think yeah. Graham Swan quit as well, like in the fourth game. I think he did, yeah. A whole, he, yeah. he basically, he essentially, he, like, well, he literally made four, uh, like two or three players from the other team fucking retire. He was that good. Yeah. In that That's series. That's how good he was. So. In that series. Um, so we had a sorry book, that one. Yep. Uh, next, we've got, uh, oh, starting block's own, our favourite son, the party whistle man himself, Mitchell Stark. Mitchell Stark, who was rubbish last night. <laughs> he, he was, was terrible last terrible. night. But 10 years ago when he was uh, he was a nobody, he signed a party whistle for us on my birthday. 18 years old, yeah. He signed yeah, a cup and, as well, uh, didn't he? The, the drink cup. Uh, that was Hazelwood who Hazelwood the cup, uh, signed the cup. Right. And, yeah, Starkey signed our party whistle. So it was always, always known as the Mitchell Stark party whistle. Uh, and from that same night out, Dirk Nannies. Nannies. Nannies, who we just relentlessly heckled the entire 2020, right. and then he went out and took five wickets, and New South Wales lost that game. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oops. So, oops. So then we just followed that guy's career uh, as the starting block favorite son. Then we got to get Doug the Rug in there somewhere. Doug because he, he was uh, a man close to our hearts. He's from the West. We loved him. Yeah. And he never West, really got back in Western there. suburbs boy who's like a blue collar bowler who would like, if he wasn't playing cricket, he would drink too much. So every off season he would get too chubby because he was drinking and eating too much. And yeah. everyone was like, oh, he's not fit enough. Like he would be sweating after one minute on the field. You know, he was that yeah. kind of a guy, <laughs> so, yeah. but we loved him. And every time he played for Australia, he was like hard on his sleeve. He'll fucking do whatever it takes for the team. You know what I mean? But we loved exactly. him. Exactly. He was good. And then to, to wrap up the, the cheering squad, we had uh, Stewie Clark, who was once again, a guy who was 32 years of age, had to take a million wickets before he thought he's got a chance. Yep. And then had an amazing five year test career. Cause he finally got an opportunity to get up there. Absolutely. Um, so, so that's our dream team. Now, you need emergencies, Damo, before we finally end segment one. Uh-huh. Um, you need some emergencies. And look, when we need to make a call to bring in someone, I only had two names that came to mind. The Pond and the Creek. The Pond and the Creek. Hang on. Do we want to play the Ponds? <laughs> if we got the Pond, uh, there you go. Play that. Let's go to a break. <laughs> well done, Creek. That's a touring squad, Damo. Well done. That's it's a we good squad. What a team we've put together. The block team of the decade. Do you like your novelty comedy songs organic? Handmade with painstaking care. Put into every note. Well, look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later. Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week, so check it out. Content. It's the starting block on TAV Show. 
Block.com. Yes, welcome back to The Block, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Remember, if you want to get in touch with us, the best way to do so would be via the little blue bird. Follow Greeno at the starting block. One word, drop the K at the end. Follow me at Boogie Bumper, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Over the years, Greeno, we've had to, from time to time, haven't we, we've had to accommodate certain FM radio. So what what would happen, right, you'd go into the, the radio station back when we started and you'd get a list of, like, all the promos that you have to play. Yeah. And they'd say, right, these are the people who have, like, paid for spots and stuff. These are the things you have to play. Often we wouldn't even bother playing them because... No, we'd, we'd forget about it. We'd so, forget. Yeah, we'll be busy. <laughs> we'd forget. But there's one guy who has been a constant since we've left the radio station and started doing broadca- uh, podcast, Greeno, and that is one Don Camaro. Magicians. Don Camaro's lost his mind. Get ready for Don Camaro's Super Mega Sale Bonanza. Total liquidation on all magic and pen supplies. Ducks, box, turtles, magic wands, and gorgeous bond assistance. And that's, and that's just, just, just the beginning. Snakes, magic hats, puppy sweaters, disappearing ink, all prices too low to mention. Only at Don Camaro's Magic Events. That's Don Camaro's Magic Events. See you there. And, and look, uh, to tip of the hat to Don, we, we needed to give him a, a shout out and say thanks for your support over the years, Don. Now, it, it was a very Jerry, Jerry Maguire moment when we left the radio station because yeah. we were like, who's coming with me? <laughs> who's coming with me? To all our advertisers that used to advertise on our show. Not one. And, <laughs> and the only man who was willing to stand up and take his pet goldfish with him was one Don Camaro. Uh, and and that's why we've made sure that he's been a close friend of the show for a number of years, and and we've we've plugged the shit out of his magic and pants ever since. Correct. Um, so good to to have him on board. Thank for you, decade Don. number two, Damo. Thank you, Don. For decade Camaro. number two. Now another another segment that uh, has been tried and tested over the full decade and has survived the gambit of, of different segments that have faced the chop. Yep. Is, is one of our favourites, the puppies and the babies, Damon. The puppies and the babies. Basically, or, the puppies and the babies, or woof, woof, wah. Woof, woof, wah, as, as we, we like, like to call, call it. it, yeah. Uh, so the puppies and the babies is basically when a football player, uh, you know, commits some kind of indiscretion. Um, mm-hmm. And then the journalists, the sports journalists who we know are basically there to suck the penis of the governing bodies of the sport that they allegedly report on in order to get access and favours and then potentially get a job with the governing body once they've finished pretending to be, uh, you know, unbiased reporters about said sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they'll do is they'll then print a pu- uh, like a, a, a fluff piece in the, in, the, uh, in the newspaper on the weekend and say, look, and they'll, they'll picture the guy like holding a puppy or holding his baby and say, look, he's such a great guy. He may have knocked out a taxi driver at a club in Manly last weekend, but this weekend he's hugging his baby and look at that adorable dog. He can't be that bad. Right? He's a good guy. And the, and the cheesier the photo, the more puppies involved, the bigger the baby, the bigger the extravagance, the worse crime committed. Exactly. Um, so uh, this week, in, in honour of the fitting. 10 years, it's fitting. it's fitting that we've reached out to uh to the top of the nation. Yep. And we've said, hey, PM, PM, SCOMO. SCOMO. Do us do us a solid. We need we need a we need a, a, a PM level puppies and babies for our 10 year show. Scott And Morrison. he didn't let us down. Not Thank just you, any dogs. He's got two puppies and they look like guide dogs, Damo. <laughs> they're service dogs, Greeno. So there's some skeletons in the closet there for SCOMO. They're based bringing on drinks. <laughs> they're bringing drinks. So you've got service dogs and there's two of them. Uh, but good to have a, a PM woof woof wah on the 10 year show. Doesn't get any better than that, does it? No, no that's, it's gonna be hard to beat. 
Now, another thing that's popped up, it, it, we didn't have this back in the early days of the show, Damo, one of our other favourite segments, but it's it's been close to our heart for the last 18 months, uh-huh. is is the is the Milo rankings, Damo. Mm. Um, we, we've assembled a, a crack uh, crack team to really analyse the world and kind of jump, make sure that, you know, the Milos that are out there mm. are ranked and listed in a way that they feel is appropriate based well, on their contributions this, to the this world. This started because back in the day, I was like, Greeno, have you ever heard of this guy named Milo Yiannopoulos? And he's like, no, I've never heard of him. And I'm like, well, he's kind of, he can be pretty funny. Like, you know, have a listen to this. He's like, I'm not listening to it. And I'm like, why don't you just listen to it? Just see what you think. He's a pretty funny guy. And he's like, no, fuck him. He's not as good as Milo the drink. And I'm like, what, what, are we ranking the Milos now? And he's like, yes, we're ranking the Milos. And so then yeah, he came he up with a segment. <laughs> so now Greeno has this segment, which is his little baby, which is getting all of the Milos that are out there on planet Earth yeah. <laughs> and ranking them against Milo Yiannopoulos. <laughs> yeah, just to see where he sits in the overall Milos. How good is he? So, we, so we've, got, we've, got the 10 year, we've got the 10-year Milo list, Amo. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, yep, so it's big news, big news. It's like, Huge. Just let, let it breathe for a minute. Yep. Everyone's, everyone's got a seat. Everyone's got a drink. Let's have a look here. Number one in the 10 year Milo rankings, Milo the drink. It's been a consistent number one throughout. Um, Good. It's 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 deserving. Yeah, it's deserving. Well done. Nice Gary to Milo the drink. Yeah, that's right. Now, at at number two, Hmm. we've got some historic Milo demo. Titus Aeneas Milo, the (laughs) ancient Roman politician and gangster that BE sought out for us, is there at number two. I like he was a gangster, Damo. Yeah. And not just any gangster. Original G. Roman. The original yeah. G. Like Roman. Original. We're talking Roman old school G's here. Spot on. Yeah. Spot on. At number three on the Milo rankings. Toga, we've motherfucker. Got the hot, Togas. We've got the hot Bondi Boys Milo, Damo. Yes. Hot Bondi yeah. Boys edition. For those who don't remember what that was, that was a, a, a Milo ad where they had hot Bondi boys trying to flog some Milo and it was sensational. Yep. So the hot Bondi boys Milo gets in number three. Mm-hmm. Now, this was a late entry because this only came in last week. We've got Captain America Milo Doc. Yeah. Comes in at number four. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, so that's it. Because, and that, but that's also crossed with puppies and the babies. So Captain America exactly. did an Instagram where he's hugging a puppy, but the puppy happens to be Milo. So it's the puppies and the babies getting onto the Milo rankings. I mean, it's the ultimate in cross-pollination, really. I think that's what's definitely boosted it up to number four, just outside the top three. Hard to put him ahead of the hot Bondi boys, Milo. So I mean, Captain America, he's hot, but he's not that hot. I mean, he's not hot Bondi boys (laughs) hot, is he? No, exactly. Uh, Number five is the soon-to-be-dead dog, Milo. So that was a a Milo that was in a boarding kennel that was about to get put down. Uh, Is that Johnny Depp's dog? Is that the one? No, different different dog. Just some random dog we found called Milo. He's there at number five, uh, and quite rightly because he was soon to be dead. So you got he's getting the sympathy vote. Yeah, good. Now at, at number six, uh, controversial because I know you you weren't too happy when you you mm. saw the the list. Yep. And I said, well, I, I don't I'm not charged of the committee. I just roll with them. Mm. Uh, Milo Kerrigan came in at number six. That, yeah. that was a bit of a surprise to me. Yeah, I, I would have thought that a few would get ahead of Milo Kerrigan, but I'm also encouraged that Milo Kerrigan, which is a character played by Sean McAuliffe, if I'm not mistaken, if that's correct. correct. Yeah. Now, uh, Sean McAuliffe is a former lawyer, now comedian in Australia, who's one of the funniest men on planet Earth, if you ever get a chance mm-hmm. to listen to him. He's absolutely brilliant. But uh, So he's a character, but I am encouraged that, you know, the younger generations are still connecting with, you know, things like Milo Kerrigan. They understand the former boxer who's had his brains beaten in. Like, say, Milo Kerrigan was a bit before CTE was known, basically. Yeah. He's like a drooling he is the CTE former boxer. Child. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah. Milo Kerrigan's absolute gold. And I think that was one of BE's original contributions to the Milo rankings. That was one of BE's contributions early on. Uh, number seven, Milo the Rapper. Number eight, Milo from Milo and Otis. Mm. And number nine, Milo Ventimilega, the actor from This Is Us. <laughs> round, almost round out of the top ten. But we've got one, someone that snuck in this week. Yeah. Is uh, Milo the Senate candidate. Milo the Senate candidate. So not the senator, yeah. but Milo no. the Senate candidate. So on Twitter, I think it's like Milo for Senate. And it's mm-hmm. it's a black guy who's running for Senate. Uh, he's a MAGA guy, you know what I mean? He ran for Senate and lost. But lost. I still think that, you know, that's worthy of, you know, at least a, a discussion in the Milo rankings, right? I mean, he exactly. ran for the Senate, exactly. the most powerful country exactly. on earth. 100% right. So he gets the number 10 spot to round out the 10-year, which means, unfortunately, for yet another week, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos doesn't make the top 10. Um Imagine, imagine when he gets this news, Damo. I guess it's gonna, it's gonna hurt because he's gonna hang on. A guy that didn't wasn't even a successful Senate candidate, or uh, didn't didn't win the Senate, <laughs> is better than me, Milo Yiannopoulos. Yes, he is. Yes, he most definitely is. Uh oh, we've lost Greener. Let me get him back. He'll join us again in a second, I'm sure. Chauvinists and sexists and misogynists and chauvinists and sexists. There you go. Are you back, Greener? Back online. No, there you go. We got you back. We're back. Um, good to have good to have those uh, those locked in rankings to, to round out the day. Yes, well done. Good stuff. The Milo nice, rankings. Nice, Gary. Right. Uh, we need to power. We need to power up. through this. Otherwise, it's going to be another three hours on this fucking show. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to race through this as quickly as I can. All right. So uh, we, we've also brought in Unity Day. Now, Unity Day was uh, there was just too much anger about Australia Day. We needed to just basically put all the, the issues aside and bring the Australian people together. So we yes. invented Unity Day. We got Indecent Obsession on board. We got Dean Hutton. We had Eden Gahar's yeah, Garden so of there's, Eden. There's things that you rush through and there's things that you can't rush through. So basically- on, You uh, just told me to rush through. I know, but you, you, choose the wrong, you choose the wrong things to rush through. You rush through, you rush through the explanation of the thing you're talking about. So you have to- you, Put yourself in the mind. This has always yeah. been your problem. It's been 10 yeah. years. This has been building up inside of me <laughs> for 10 years, and now I'm going to unleash on you. This the is, next uh, 10 segments you, you, are soundbites. I can't rush you with soundbites. You, you never give enough context. You always have to address the audience as if they don't know what you're talking about because let's be honest here, when it comes to the starting block, nobody knows what we're talking about, Greedo. So... <laughs> So Unity Day doesn't just exist because we made it up. Unity Day exists because there is a constant battle with Australia Day and people are concerned that Australia Day is offensive to people because it marks, you know, European invasion to the Australian land. Therefore, they say we can't have Australia Day. We need to get rid of it. So let's we decided let's replace it. Instead of, instead of Australia Day, let's have Unity Day. Now, continue. Please. Well, that the Uni Day talk was just a segue to get to Troy's clip. I didn't need to give backstory. <laughs> I was just going to get to the point you, where I'm like, you we suck at Troy. After ten years, <laughs> after ten years, I can confidently say you suck at radio, Greg. No. <laughs> Safe to say. Uh, <laughs> That's why I attached myself to you 10 years ago. <laughs> Spot on. Which the, the great thing about Unity Day, not only to bring the Australian people together. Uh, I love the fact that we're talking about Unity, Unity Day, but fighting. What's going on there? There's not much unity day. going on here in the Unity Day segment. This is the last ever episode of the block. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it did, however, we, we said this thing is getting too big for us. And, and thankfully, uh, a friend. 
uh, BE introduced us to a friend of his. He's like, I think this guy's the man we need for the show. Professional. This guy's an award-winning radio producer. He's who we need in charge of Unity Day. He's going to take you. He's going to take your show to the next level. The next level. That's right. He's going to take you from four listeners to six listeners solely on on his input. Yeah. Um. And and that led uh, our Unity reporter Troy to join join the block family and mm-hmm. Troy once again has been kind enough to send us a little clip yep. on our 10 year anniversary. He's basically the Daryl Strawberry of um independent podcasting. You know, he's the guy that you bring in to to increase the, you know, the hit percentage to, of your to team. To do all the coke. That's right. <laughs> and to do all the coke. Let's hear it. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's your boy Unity Troy calling in to wish you all the best for your 10th anniversary show. Uh, it's a really big achievement to fill 10 years of airtime with such mindless dribble. So congratulations <laughs> to you both. Uh, Greeno, this is probably in your warehouse being a numbers man. You've been on the air for 10 years and last time I looked, you had about eight listeners. So if Thanks, my math Troy. is correct, uh, you've experienced several periods of negative growth, which technically means that your show is in recession. So sorry to you to to uh, break that to you. But look, you it's idiot. not the be all and end all. What you guys have done, uh, for Australia, for the world, you've bought unity. And uh, that's just a fantastic thing. And and when I say that, uh, of course, I'm talking about myself. You've brought me to the world. And uh, yes. I can't think of a bigger gift that you can give the listening public. So have a great show and uh, we'll catch up soon. See ya. Thank you, Unity Day, Troy. Thank you, Troy. Fantastic. Nice. Been great. Been great having Troy on board for, for the last couple of years. And, and one of my favorite he's shows. He's made the show better, Greener. He has. Yeah, 100%. And one of my favorite shows was, uh, even though I had no voice and was sick as a dog yep. and was laid up four days beforehand, was when we had yeah, Troy and BE in the studio for the big Christmas special. And That's right. literally, I had to sit there in silence because I could not fucking speak. <laughs> we did, we planned it for six months. I was pumped. Like, Troy drove five hours, I think, each way that day just yeah. to be in the studio. Hardcore. And then, but he was rewarded when I gave him some crappy pizza that should have been returned, like pizza that I wouldn't let my dog eat. That's what he got for being here. That's what he got for traveling all the way out. Oh, no, we've lost Greeno again. Come on, mate. Come on, all right. And misogynists and chauvinists and sexists. Okay, you're back, Greeno? Back on deck. Okay, yeah, so great. Uh, Unity Troy traveled 10 hours around trip and got some crappy pizza that I wouldn't let my dog eat at the yeah. end of the night. That's That was his reward. So thank you, yeah. Troy. <laughs> That's it. Uh, the other beautiful thing that Troy did for us was he gifted us our first ever cameo. He did too. Uh, our first and only. <laughs> and only cameo. And where cameo. We, we don't ask for Patreon. We don't ask for money. We don't ask to get paid. Yep. What we, we don't charge for the podcast because really who's paying for this shit? Nobody. Um, but we said, look, if you want to, you know, give us, show us a sign of appreciation, send us a cameo. And we sent out a list saying any of these would be fantastic. And he went straight to the top of the pile and got us one, Jonathan Lipnicki. Hey, how you guys doing? This is Jonathan Lipnicki. Uh, You may have seen me in the movie Jerry Maguire. And nothing else. Um, I'm just kicking (laughs) back with my pistachios. Is that something that you guys do in the podcast? They're pistachios, you ungrateful little shit. I like almonds personally, but I'm going to kick back with my almonds and I'm ready for another episode of The Starting Block. Good luck with your podcast, guys. Thank you, Jonathan. So as Thank you know, you, Jonathan Lipnicki is the uh, retarded son of Dorothy Boyd, who works yeah. for James R. at TAVHQ in Hawaii, Greeno, mm-hmm. who's locked up in the basement being fed pistachio nuts because That's he's right. not allowed to go outside because he would bring shame on trustandverify.com. 
That's one hundred percent correct, and that brings us to you know the the transition for the block uh, at about what the halfway point of the decade, yep. um, oh, six seven years maybe, where where we transition out of you know two GLF or who GLF as we refer to it now, yep. and moved into TAVshow.com. Yeah, and James was very very welcoming and opened us, welcomed us with open arms and uh, half a can of Mountain Dew. That's right. Uh, as our payment. I said, look, come on into the family, boys. Yep. And uh, uh, James R., the owner and CEO of TAV Show HQ, Greeno, TAVshow.com, mm-hmm. who, uh, with Dorothy Boyd, runs the operation from Hawaii. And Dorothy Boyd feeds him pistachio nuts with a pair of long barbecue tongs because mm. if you put fingers directly in James's mouth, you're likely to lose them because he has a jaw like a snapping turtle. Snapping turtle, that's So correct. she has to feed him with barbecue tongs. and so, In between lomi lomi massages. That's right. And so Dorothy Boyd's retarded son, I, I remember now, he doesn't actually get the pistachios. He gets to suck on the used pistachio shells, shells that James correct. throws on the floor, and then they shuffle yeah. them down a little drain and they go down a little tube down to Dorothy Boyd's retarded son, otherwise known as Jonathan Licknicky, who gets to lick the pistachio shells as, as, as you know, part of being at work with mum. So it's great. Yeah, it's right. a family company, TAB Show HQ. Yeah, exactly. And, and James R has been nice enough to uh, take a couple of minutes in between massages mm. to uh, send us a little clip of his own. All right, let's have a look. I want to congratulate the boys on their exclusive run of running a show on sports that has almost absolutely nothing to do with sports. It's an incredible run. It is an impossible feat to talk about nothing for as long as these boys have been able to absolutely talk about nothing. So congratulations, boys, on that long streak of inanities and platitudes and the most insane fun show I've seen in a while. Aloha. Thank you. The owner and TA, the owner and CEO of TAVshow.com, ladies and gentlemen. Nice, Gary. I'm glad uh, Dorothy was able to squeeze it into his very busy schedule. Absolutely. So I uh, definitely appreciate James taking some time out, um, which brings us to uh, the the funnel, if you will, hmm. that TAV, uh, TAVshow.com led us to. And and obviously you go to the, the shows you were doing as well. Mm-hmm. Was the the expanding American listenership, Damo? Yeah, that, that were like these Aussie guys. We don't know what the fuck they're saying. They're we not don't know saying what much. they're talking about. Uh, just incidentally, just because you mentioned that, uh, Winning TV, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Winning TV, Greeno Phil in the chat earlier said mm. that I could have been your cricket reporter because I don't know their names either. Beautiful. <laughs> nice, Gary. We've got a, got a new contributor for decade two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we, we managed to get some some amazing uh, listeners. Uh, from basically feed off of your show. So you, you get a lot of listeners and then we kind of get a, a bit of a filter off of the, the cream of the crop, if you will, the that stick around class. for the block. That's right. Yeah. The people and who want to earn got, extra credit, Greeno. Exactly. And it got to the point where we felt the need to uh, to rank them. Yep. Uh, to, <laughs> so to we show. Started ranking, <laughs> we started ranking our listeners based on their level of devotion to us. Devotion. And we're like, look, you know, if you if you put more effort in, you'll go higher up on the rankings. I tried to tell and, you, I tried to tell you this is the most narcissistic show on the internet. You didn't fucking believe me, did you? Now you do. Where we 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 had a segment ranking our listeners based on how much they love us. Yeah. <laughs> Nice, and, the w- and the winner, uh, <laughs> the winner of the <laughs> the block block band power rankings for yep. the one year we did it because it caused too much drama. Yes. Um, <laughs> 
and we had to start doing unity rankings instead yep. uh was was kimmy yes well uh, done who, who, nice, yeah. and, and, and kimmy's been kind enough to send us a message too okay let's hear from our our first and only winner of the block fan power rankings greener mm. hey it's kimmy 2018 starting block power rankings winner <laughs> i want to interrupt this Dutch rudder type celebration between Boogie and Greeno to uh, congratulate them on the clock ticking while they hung out with their best friend, sloshed out of their gourds, and um, now calling it an accomplishment. Um, so congratulations. And, uh, I have a couple questions. One is I want to know what BE did in a former life, what sort of virgin sacrifice he must have been involved in, that he has to now hitch his wagon to your two fucked up horses. Uh, I want to know what language Greeno This is our number one fan, apparently. Yeah. Um, some sort of aboriginal click-clack tribal shit. I don't know. Uh, all I have to say about Boogie is that he does like to show his ass. Um, the other blockheads... My fellow blockheads are around the world, all seven of you. Uh, as far as while we hang out in this Hotel California hellscape is, um, honestly, I think it's just because there's nothing else on, nothing else to watch that time of day, and our options are we can either close our eyes, go back to sleep, and face the monsters in our head, or we can stay awake and watch the starting block. So here we are. Congratulations, everyone, for uh, putting up with these two people. And congratulations with, to uh, Boogie and Greeno for putting up with each other. Uh, it probably hasn't been easy for either of you. Um, yeah. So that's all I have to say. Hey, guys. That's all. <laughs> that's it. That's all. That so, that's sensational. I've never heard a, a more perfect ad for our show of you can either close your eyes and face the monsters in your head or listen to the starting book. <laughs> that should be our promo Fantastic. moving forward. Um, thank you so much, Kimmy. That's fantastic. Well done. The winner of the uh, Power Rankings 2018. Spot on. Um, which brings us, we've got to start, we're going to step back a little bit now because these are these are the new friends to the show, but there's been a couple of friends of the show um, going back to 2011, 2012, yeah. when um, random people in Twitter were reaching out and wanting to kind of, be a part of the show, whether it was coming into the studio or sending in reports or whatever. Uh -huh. And it turns out these people that, that were kind enough to reach out to us mm. ended up getting married down the track. Isn't it lovely? Isn't it beautiful? It's, it's absolutely. And I think the connection to the block is the only reason these two are together and, you know, have, have two beautiful kids and have a successful marriage Correct. at the moment. Um, you know, who knows what's going to happen if the block ever shuts down and might cause yeah. issues. But, you know, we'll, we'll deal with that bridge when it comes to it. Right. Uh, and we're talking none other than... Uh, Karen, it's not a tumor. tumor it's not and, a tumor. That's right. And and BE, uh, BE who, from the UK. That's right. And, and look, we'll we'll spend some more time talking about BE later on. Um, but both of them have been kind enough to take some times out of their schedules to do uh, a nice little um, a message for us as well. Oh, and also this uh, Karen Tuma uh, congratulations message, ladies and gentlemen, is brought to you by. Hannah the Label, our, our official uh, kimono uh, ambassador. Our official kimono ambassador, uh, Karen Tuma, who I don't know how she 
came to find us in the first place. Remember, Karen Tuma came to the state the station one day and was like she sitting did. in the studio because the uh, BE and Karen at the time were running a sports website called Grid, Grid of sports. sports. Yeah, and Karen got in touch with us. She's like, "Hey, can I come down and check out the you know what you guys do?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, okay." We thought it was weird because we thought like, "Wow, somebody's listening to this. This yeah. is strange. It's insane." And you want to see us do it? Yeah, it's really not. So she we're came, not entertained by it. We're here. That's right. And do you remember like so when she came in? She's sitting there in a studio, and we made sure that she had a microphone in front of her, even though she and, didn't, she didn't realize at the yeah. time. And we were like, "So, what do you think about it, Karen?" And she's like, "Oh, I, I'm not talking." It's like, "Well, you're on the microphone now. You have to say something." Yeah. And she's like, "Um, hot, hot mic. <laughs> Hello." <laughs> <laughs> it was great fun making people uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Karen Tumor. Hey guys. It's not a tumor. <laughs> what an accomplishment to have made it ten years on the airwaves. I've gained an unimaginable amount of new brain cells with the groundbreaking, thought-provoking storytelling. <laughs> you, you guys do it like no other. It's not a wonder you guys have made it to the top of the podcast chart. Congratulations <laughs> on 10 years. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. It's lovely. Nice, <laughs> Karen. Uh, which brings us to, to BE, who, look, uh, all, all jokes aside, we make it a lot of... Uh, Self-deprecating remarks. This dude reached out to us back in 2011, 2012. I can't remember what year it was. Mm-hmm. And was like, would you mind if I just sent you in a report every week? And it was a, the UK report back yep. then uh, because he was living in the UK. He's like, you're hosting a sports show. Can I send you a, a you know, a report? I'm like, yeah, man, if you want to, feel free. Like, we, we struggle to put together an hour worth of show as is. Yeah. If you want to fill in some content, go nuts. Yeah. And he sent in these professional reports every week and we butcher them on air. <laughs> um so then when he moved back to Australia, like, well, we better get you into the studio to start reading some of these things. So it was great to have BE come into the studio. And then every week for the next eight years, he's put together some kind of contribution to the show, takes time out of his day, no need to do it, um, does it out of the love of his own heart and just fucking a flat-out good dude. Yep. Um, we can't thank BE enough for his contributions over the last decade. And he's already going to fill more content because we're going to go from his 10-year message into his BE report from, from this week. Let's have a look. Hi guys, BE here. Just wanted to send out a special message to you both with a huge congratulations on 10 years of the show. Such dedication for that long whilst only being paid in pistachio nuts and Mountain Dew <laughs> is quite impressive. I'm honoured to have been part of the show for the last eight years. It's been an absolute blast. It really has. I've had so much fun with you guys. On your brattles. Um, who would have thought that branching out to you guys in 2012 to help further my career would be such a letdown? <laughs> Keep focusing on the Vietnamese listenership because we're doing bugger all everywhere else. I can't wait to be in the studio with you guys again, smashing down a few Milos and belting out the Cal Crutchlow song. Fuck it. I'm skipping that. Enjoy, guys. Oh, Take good care. References. And here's the 10 more years. Nice. On. That's why he's a professional, ladies and gentlemen. And <laughs> he's, He made three callbacks in that nice little 30-second bit. He sensational. did. Uh, he's the absolute best. And, you know, he got in touch with us to further his own career. Wasn't he at the time doing reports for, like, Sky Racing and, like, legitimate news operations at the time, Grant? Why would I he believe think so. this he, he moved move? on to, yeah, Fox Sports. He was uh, on... Uh uh, what's the, the big sports breakfast station? Big sports breakfast. Whatever, Sky, uh, Sky Sports now, Radio. That's right. Now, the Cal Crutchlow reference he made was uh, based on a MotoGP rider named Cal, Crutch, Cal Crutchlow. And yeah. we would, whenever he got a podium or whenever he got a win, we would do this, Greener. 
You'll be my bodyguard. I'll be your long last pal. I can call you Betty. I will call you Betty. Betty, when you call me, you can call me Cal. Cal Cal Crutchlow. Yeah. So he would scour the MotoGP rankings to make sure Cal got a podium. Well done. Good Cal Crutchlow reference. Fantastic Cal Crutchlow reference. All right. The BE report for this week, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Loading, loading. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this special 10-year anniversary edition of the BE Report. 10 years, 10 bloody years. How good's that? Um, I'm honoured to have been a part of this absolute car crash for the last eight years, and it's been an absolute blast. I've loved every minute of it. Congratulations, guys. Huge effort. So I guess we'll start things with, I guess, what we do best, a bit of smut. Bit of a holy three-way. Please do. So a 37-year-old Louisiana Catholic priest has been arrested for recording himself having a threesome on a church altar. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yes. Reverend Travis Clark. He was arrested allegedly having a threesome with the dominatrix Mindy Dixon and Melissa Chang. The unholy trio was discovered by a passerby who noticed the lights on at the Saints Peter and Paul Roman Catholic Church. Um, they were on after hours and the police were called. Boo. 41-year-old Dixon and 23-year-old Chang told the officers they were filming a role play with Clark with a setting that consisted of stage lighting, sex toys, a cell phone, and a tripod. Not a bad setup. <laughs> they were arrested um, for public um, and decency and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Clark was obviously suspended from the church, um, and the, the trio face uh, three years in jail. There you go. Moving on now to India, where a doctor has paid £72,000, the equivalent um, for Aladdin's lamp, after tricksters faked a genie and said it would bring him riches and good fortune. <laughs> Anyone spending that sort of money, come on, do your background work. So, Dr. Liak Khan told police of the, um, the northern state um, of Uttar Pradesh um, that a trickster had pretended to be an octologist. Is that what it's called? Occult? Oculist? Anyway, one of those people who do, like, witchcraft and all that sort of shit. That'd be an oncologist, um, mate. <laughs> made a genie appear from a lamp saying it would make him rich. Now, the, <laughs> the genie was a second con man that was in the swindle. No fucking shit. So old mates rubbed a lamp and they'll, this guy dressed up as a fucking genie jumps out and he's still paid, what was it, 72 grand or something. Crazy. 72,000 pounds. Um... The victim paid 7 million rupees for the lamp um, when he bought it home um, and it, he gave it a bit of a rub. Obviously, a genie failed to appear. Then he realized at that moment, just then, that he had become a victim of this audacious scam and, and contacted the police. Now, um, one of the senior police officers said that the cheats had struck a deal um, for much more, but the doctor had paid about 7 million rupees, which is um, in... Australian dollars, I think it worked out to be about $93,000. Um, the, the two men have cheated other families as well, with the overall amount of money involving running somewhere into the several millions of rupees. At what point do you just check yourself and go, sweet, magic lamp, fuck yeah. No, that, nah, that doesn't work like that, right? So, moving on. A grandmother has shared her shock after spotting a rather rude animal-themed tote bag for sale at a department store, but others think it's brilliant. Others like me. I hope you can see that there, if you can 
get that picture up well enough, but the unnamed grandmother who lives in Sydney, Australia, represent girl, yes, <laughs> was pursuing the website of a department store named Maya uh, when she came across a bag that initially appeared to tick all of the boxes. It was an affordable tote bag, priced at $19.95, but I guess knowing Maya, it was probably $40 postage, um, with an animal print on it, which she said she loved. However, on closer inspection, she soon realized that the print was much raunchier than she had thought. The Wild Fur U Australiana tote bag by La La Land didn't just feature pictures of the cute animals such as kangaroos and koalas. It featured images of animals performing sexual acts. Yeah. Why not? Go, Grandma. The article I read focused on one crude um, image where the Tasmanian devil can be seen biting on its partner's shoulders. Now, if you're a real journalist and really just got in deep in this, I think biting the shoulder isn't the story of the bag because I'm more impressed with the echidnas. <laughs> They're lining up for a shag here. Get a load of these prickly little pricks. There's four going at it here. Prickle bike. Red hot. Speaking to Channel 7 News, the grandma said, I'm all for a cheeky joke, but I draw the line at this. Shocking. Lighten up, woman. Do we send it, put it in the post, send it to Granny Sears? She'll love it. Wouldn't you, Granny? Dirty old dog. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> Granny Sears. Uh, anyway, promo time. <laughs> Head on over to your iTunes account and subscribe to the starting block. Five stars, fully sick review, um, all that stuff, whatever. You know the deal. Get on there. Rate it, share it. Don't be shy to use the hashtag MePlus3 for TSB. Don't be slack asses. I told you last week. Get amongst it. Use it. Tag me. Do it. Go out there. Right now, I want to see it. After this, 10 years, yeah. TSB, all that sort of stuff, right? Yes. Get amongst it. Okay. Time for the final thought. If you open your eyes in a pitch black room, the color you'll hey, see Hey, how you guys is doing? This is Jonathan. Ah. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Hang on. Sorry, Brad. I fucked that up. Tag me, do it, go out there right now. I want to see it after this. 10 years, yeah. TSB, all that sort of stuff, right? Get amongst it. Okay. Okay. Let's pretend Time like for that the never final happened. thought. If you open your eyes in a pitch black room, the color you'll see is called Igangrau. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Think about it. Think long and hard. Once again, in all seriousness, congratulations <laughs> on the 10 years, guys. I'm glad to be able to be a part of it. Cheers. Until next time. I'm BE. Keep it real, blockheads. BE, ladies and gentlemen, well the BE report. Thank you. Thank you, BE. Best one ever, ladies and gentlemen. Nice, Gary. Now, uh, can we do some can we do some pre-show before we get to the next segment? Okay. Uh, I reckon we we don't do this ad break that's meant to come up. We go from the ad break to the Fergo and Freak message as our as our break instead. Okay, gotcha. All right, so we can do yeah. that. So I, I, I'm sure the Fergo and the Freak will appreciate being relegated to ad break status instead of like yeah. <laughs> But anyway. We're just cutting three minutes of ad break. Like I said, you, like I said, you suck at this, Greener. Um, <laughs> this is how you build partnerships with other programs. Uh, by the way, we played your congratulations message instead of doing an ad break. So great. Yeah. Uh, so uh, before we get to... And isn't that promoting them though? Because yeah. I bought them up the order. It's what you have. It's whatever you want it to be. Um, yeah. So, 
One of our favorite segments over the years has been the Central Coast Report. Now, if you're not aware of the Central Coast on in New South Wales, it's basically what we would call it here in Sydney, it's Mount Druitt by the Sea, Greeno. Mm. It's a lot of like housing commission and like lower blue collar blue collar, you know, kind of suburbia near the beach, about two hours north of Sydney. And we had uh, a listener of the show back then named Scotty, who was living on the Central Coast, who every week would send us the Central Coast report. Mm-hmm. And so we would report on, we'd dedicate a whole segment to the show back in the day about like what's going on in the Central Coast. Because, you know, we believe in local radio, Greeno. We believe in it's getting right. important information out to communities that they need to hear. And Scotty yeah, was we like, thought, here's a good idea. We're going to use local Liverpool radio to tell them, tell everyone what's going on Correct. two hours away. Correct. So uh, yeah. I've got amazing news, Greeno. I've got mm-hmm. tremendous news. In honour of this 10-year anniversary, for the first time in about five years, Scotty has got wow. in touch. Scotty's back. Scotty's back. Scotty's put together a new report. Scotty is back with a brand new report. I don't know if you can hear this or not. Is that, is that in your hot little hand right there? Can you hear that in my hot little hands? I have hand. right here in my hot little hands this week's edition of the Central Coast Report, Greeno. Now, sorry, can, can we just, before we uh, jump into the, the Central uh-huh. Coast Report, yeah. um, can, can we, did he send it in a folder? It was in a, it was in a manila folder in a yeah. briefcase that was handcuffed to the wrist of a small Asian businessman. Oh, excellent. And, and were, did the businessman look suspicious? Were, were there any concerns? Were, did it come with key or did it come with code? Was there any kind of like secondary security no, measure to it, make well, sure? Well, another Asian businessman with a briefcase uh, handcuffed to his wrist arrived half an hour later with the code to open the first briefcase inside his briefcase. Ah, excellent. We need that double security because yeah. you, you can't make, you can't trust one Asian well, man. It's vital. Better to trust two. That's right. It's it's vital that this information is protected and not tainted by, you know, because there's a lot of fake news out there these days, Greeno. That's the problem. Where it, and that was always the issue with the, the Central uh-huh. Coast report, the security around it. Because, yep. yeah, the last thing we wanted was it to be tampered with and then we didn't want to put out news that wasn't relevant for the Central Coast or, you know, didn't give the full picture. We didn't want That's people right. having a hand in it to cater it to, you know, right. politi- political ideation or, yep. you know, and, like, we just needed to make sure this news basically came from Scotty's mouth for, to uh, the paper and then out of our lips. That's, yeah, and, that's the key. And the people of the Central Coast deserve real, factual, actual information, Greeno, because they love yeah. us and we love them. So yeah, exactly. I, so I have here in my hot little hands this week's edition of the Central Coast Report, Greeno, and I'm, pl- and I'm proud to say after getting this edition of the Central Coast Report, Greeno, it is as follows. Nothing going on. Ah, looking forward to Scottish Report next decade. It's the JJ Stoner Spring Collection. The perfect oh, attire for any <laughs> and every yeah, well, occasion. Well done. Nah, let the ad play now. Let the ad play. You hit the button. <laughs> Did it just say I was so keyed up to play the ad instead of Fergo? No. Play. Beautiful. Now, play the ad now. Okay. <laughs> the show's this already season. going on forever. Like we were in the mosh pit full of sweat and everyone's slapping, hitting, and pulling on you. This shit won't rip. Lunch at your favorite cafe? Brunch with the girls? These stylish ensembles will give you the confidence you need to look and feel your best. Or if you're getting arrested for possession, it comes with a built-in police stick-proof body armor. 
Keep swinging, pigs! Call now, and your order will come with a complimentary ounce of that dankest bubblegum slur cane that the South has to offer. Don't forget the wall tapestry! If you need to cover your wall, it works! Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. Hi. I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ, what are you, fucking Asian Dick Tracy? What's wrong with you? Why do you have to ruin my evening? Like, I, I'm just gonna just listen, you know, listen to my bud do their show, and you, you gotta, you just gotta do this. Without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No. <laughs> Dude, Asian uh, come Dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover <laughs> in, in Argentina, but it's not working. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. I hate oh, come on, you secretly hat. love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, so... Subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Welcome to The Starting Block. Follow on Twitter at The Starting Block. Drop the K at the end. Find the podcast on iTunes or on TAVshow.com. Yes, back on the block, ladies and boys and girls. Uh, <laughs> surprisingly, uh, we've made some friends over the years on this show. It's hard to throw to this segment now, given we already gave it away. Hmm. But <laughs> we we realised, you know... We just randomly got something from some friends that we weren't expecting. Yeah, yeah. We, um, we we reached out. We're like, look, we got to expand our horizons here. And yeah. we reached out as what we referred to as a bit of a a Dutch rudder uh, love-in with another podcast that was obviously way more successful than ours. Now, what is a Dutch rudder exactly, Greeno? So a Dutch rudder is kind of a a less homosexual circle jerk. Now, I just I need to remind you that we have a Dutchman in the audience. Ah, there we go. Victor Von Schroom Schroom is in the audience. So if anybody knows what a Dutch rudder is, I'm sure that he would be. (laughs) I'm sure he will correct you. If the, your you know your description of a Dutch rudder, because I would assume it was a rudder on a ship. No, but no. I'd be so wrong, it, wouldn't I? So it's kind of like a mutual masturbation thing where one person <laughs> works the other person's hand whilst they're grabbing their own appendage, <laughs> and then the other person does the same. So you're kind of working each other, Dutch rudder. Uh, <laughs> Oh, 
So we said, look, we need this, yeah, this uh, mutual masturbation thing to happen between both shows. And we got in touch with the Fergo of the Freak podcast and said, mm-hmm. look, you boys are fucking kicking some goals over there. Yeah. We need we need to tap into your listenership. You need to tap into ours. Yeah. A bit of cross-pollination, Greener. bit of cross-pollination. Let's just do a big old loving. And then the challenge was said, who could love the other show more? And it became a competitive thing. So right. the challenge was how many minutes of each other's show could we waste yeah. talking about the other person's show and pissing off our own individual listeners? And- Being a record got to like 27 minutes that's right show and i'm proud to announce that because we have far less to lose they mm. gave up before we did right yeah like so we were like we were upping the ante upping the ante and then fergo on the freak pod which actually became like the number one rugby podcast in the world at one point did it not correct that is correct right so they actually like are actually like legitimate podcasters with a future <laughs> compared to yeah. us so they, they they took this joke a long way, but then to their credit, they decided, I don't know if this is actually helping us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was after they dropped that segment that they actually shot up to like the next level. So we beat them. Exactly. We won because they had something to lose and we didn't. So you never make an ultimatum with somebody who's got nothing to lose. I think that's fair. Spot on. Yeah. Uh, but the boys have been kind enough to take time out yeah. of their busy schedule of doing 14 podcasts a week. Uh, to send us uh, a message. Okay. Thank you. Fergo on the Freak. Hello, it's Fergo on the Freaky. Just want to say um, happy 10 years for the starting block, Freaky. But what would you like to say about the starting block? Hang on. I'm just, I'm just reading my tweets. Hang on. There's not much on here. Did you the get one about... Remember, remember they had some bloke having a go at you about something the other day? What was that about? Yeah, that was... um. That was weird. Cause that was just because I was watching Origin game and I I tweeted what I saw and people got angry at me. It was really strange. That's hey, right. You you're an about something. You went to the zoo today. Yeah, yeah. It was. You know, I was a bit disappointed about going to the zoo. What is that? Every single animal thing was open except the birds. But why'd not they. What they put the know. birds away? I don't know. Maybe they thought that you know you know there's a big link here between. The H1N1 virus that sleep with the coronavirus yeah. and bird flu. Maybe there is. And so I thought, well, you know what? Maybe there is a link there. That makes sense. So as we're walking along through there and we walk past the, the bird area, which we can go into, yeah. we then got to the live bird area. Yeah. Walk straight in. Oh, really? So live oh. birds are fine. Yeah. Live birds, they obviously don't get COVID. You know what I don't understand is people like get really full-on about koalas, and because, like, all koalas do is chew gum leaves. They sleep for, like, 90% of the time. They don't have sex enough to keep their population up, and they get chlamydia. Yeah, even when they do have sex, they're, yeah. they're slightly killing one another. Yeah. That's, like, and the other thing is they taste like shit, apparently. yeah. And that's the thing, you, you've got to peel them first. Well, you can peel them. So, like, their pelts are very nice. Yeah, yeah but... but if, you, if you try and cook them with the, with the skin on. Well, um, yeah, you'd want to... I, I, if, I yeah, if I was going <clears> to <throat> eat a, a koala, I, I probably wouldn't, to be honest. I'd just keep the skin. But, like, the thing that we almost sent them extinct for was their pelts, because their pelts are beautiful. But you know, it's like the pandas. If you've got to start them with a stick to start the fuck to save this species. I mean, really, is it worth it? That's a damn good question. 
Yeah, like we didn't have to prompt Blue Whales, did we? No, yeah. what we should be doing is instead of prodding them with a stick, we should get them more invigorated and say, you know what, you need to start learning how to defend yourselves. So instead of putting koalas in a little enclosure on their own at zoos and reservation areas like that to try and help their population, yeah. that doesn't help them try and survive. We need to start putting them in the same enclosure with the uh, with the Greeno, and Greeno, and what shit. are they doing? <laughs> what if we start giving <laughs> this, this is their tribute Viagra. to our show. Ah. Ooh. Yeah. Well, you, you get the, you know, the male koalas. Give them Viagra and make them watch shitloads <laughs> of lesbian porn. Um, it's like that, you know, that'd start, that'd start I, I, filling I, up those. I'm going to pause their tribute for a moment. Is this what they think our show is? <laughs> they'd, they'd be right. <laughs> No, no, there's no better. um, There's no better homage to our show than wasting five minutes of our airtime with nothing. So that they've got it, and and that's why that's why I love the boys. Uh, Thank you for the tribute, Fergo and the freak. Oh, well, there's still there's still like a minute and a half to go. We're playing it out. I'm playing it out. (laughs) Are we all right? Because they're my superpowers, you know. The problem you get then is. You can get a bit of a tripod action going, which can be awkward for them when it comes to trying to balance in those little V shapes in the uh, in the trees. Good point. Have they to lose start the balance. Holes in the trees, eh? Yeah, yeah. That'll make the ass crack a bit wider, so they can get a bit of grip with their backside. <laughs> oh, this is hot. <laughs> See what? I'm going to do a bit of a lie down after this in a cold shower. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Good. Who was it chasing kangaroos? Something about that. No, I'm talking yeah. about the podcast we're supposed to be. Congratulating. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, someone was excited. You idiot. And <laughs> I think we, we feigned excitement pretty quickly. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we, we've we've done our bit, I guess. Well, good luck to whoever it was. I mean, I'm sure it was all real fucking memorable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. The only reason why you've tuned into this is because we've told you that we've got a piece on there. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, did we do that? <clears throat> yeah, I think we did. I think we should, we, we, should pro- we should probably tweet that out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by the way, yeah. If you go to manscaped.com and put in the code NRL, you get twenty percent off from free shipping. And smooth balls. Yeah. So that's all we, that's how we roll around here. Exactly. Make Subscri- sure you get your- subscribe to Fergo and the Freak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh shave your balls. Yeah. Done. Sweet. <laughs> Subscribe to Fergo and the Freak and shave your balls. Nice, Gary. Oh, fucking well done, boys. Thank you, boys. Thank you so much. Uh, That's brilliant. That, that was brilliant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the show's peaked. <laughs> Can't beat that. Cannot beat that. I tell you who can beat that, though, Damo. Who's that? Uh, one of uh, we, we've been F one fans for pretty much since what six seven years of age. Ah, uh, yeah, yep. And during kind of our like late teens, early twenties, we both didn't really have you know employment that we cared enough about. That <laughs> no, we, we didn't. <laughs> that, that the fact you'd stay up to the middle of the night to watch motorsport, you know, was an issue. Do you remember so, when I do you remember when I started my trade certificate? And um, like, so I started getting my trade, and then in the first month, I used up my whole year's worth of sick days. Yeah, <laughs> going to great. the club across because I moved. Yeah. I moved out of home, and I moved into a house that was across the road from a club. 
So yeah. like <laughs> I was broke and like not going to work. And then I started taking days off without pay because somebody yeah. told me once you're an apprentice, they can't fire you. Like it's too much effort. So they just leave you on no matter what you do. I'm like, great. Now I can just do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, we didn't care. That's right. So we used to, we used to spend most of our time, we'd hang out at each other's house and basically, cause you live out at home. So it was all right. So we go to your joint, we'd start, we watch the F1 mm-hmm. hoping, just fucking hoping, hoping that Mark Webber would finally yep. get a win that we could celebrate together. Yep. Um, uh, didn't he, and what was his record in the end? Like, was it something like 180 something Grand Prix before he won one? Something, something like that. that. It was one of the longest, longest careers like before their years. first win. Yeah. yeah. So like a lot of people go, go as that many races, never win a race, but he, yeah. he waited. It was so long and then finally got his first race win. Yep. Uh, so we always had that moment we need to celebrate together. And then we were so excited when he became a staple of our show yep. by being none other than the Canberra Milk Kid. The Canberra Milk Kid. Uh, uh, this is Mark uh, Webber, the Formula One race driver. From the time that I was old enough, my mum would pour a great big cup. And since then I've been drinking, it keeps the mind a-thinking. Wherever I am, wherever I roam, the thing that always brings me home is the taste that I've been missing, the Canberra Milk tradition. That's why I keep coming back to proudly wear my milk moustache because I, 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 I can milk kid. Thanks, Mark. That's Mark Thanks, Webber. Mark. That is Mark Webber, Mark. Formu- former Formula One driver and Formula One race winner, Mark Webber, Australian, now, singing he, a he cheesy jingle for Canberra yeah. milk. <laughs> he must have earned hundreds of millions of dollars over the years driving yeah. an F1 car, driving yeah. out the most. He still felt the need after his retirement. Yep. To go, well, I need that sweet Canberra advertising cash. And I'll sing and a cheesy jingle. <laughs> and they're like, Mark, we're going to get you to sing a jingle. He's like, I'm in. How much you pay me? Um, nice, Gary. Fucking hats off to him, though. Yeah. Fucking and it was well one done. of the, the favourite moments of the show over the years. Yeah. Now, with that being said, the other backstory to this is we had this rule where as soon as Mark Webber wins his first race, we need to be together and yes. we're going to stand up on the balcony of your house because you used to live in a two-story townhouse yes. and spray champagne at fucking 1.30 in the morning or whatever the race finished, Yes, celebrating Webb's first victory. Now, the problem was by the time he finally won it, it we were living in completely different houses and we were like it was well, five years down the track. Do you, I, can I give like you a story stories time. about pinatas. Do you remember this, what, where I was when Webb's won his first race? No. Okay. Oh, I, I'm surprised well, you don't remember. Well, I know where I was. Right, because you were watching it, right? Yeah. Oh shit! I just popped the champagne prematurely. <laughs> I didn't expect the I didn't expect the cork to come out that easy. I thought I was going to have to work it for ten minutes, like you normally. Do. <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to do a simultaneous cork pop because each of us, like, so side note, our wives both got together and they bought us a bottle of champagne. It's quite good champagne, actually. It is fair. very good. It's oh, actual wait, champagne. It's it's French from Champagne. Um. So they brought us a bottle of champagne each. Are you going to pop yours or? Anyway, I'm just unwrapping. You, you tell the story and All I'll right. pop at the end. Okay. So uh, our wives bought us a bottle of champagne each and then surprised us with like a Zoom call last night and they presented us each with a bottle of champagne to celebrate our anniversary, our 10-year anniversary. So that was very sweet of them. Uh, that's Lady Boogie and Lady Greeno, of course. Um, they, they are wonderful for putting up with us for so long, for doing this and dedicating so much time to this podcast that nobody listens to. So we appreciate them and we love them. Um, so thank you so much for that. So we have a bottle of champagne each. So 
when Mark Webber eventually won his first race, because Green, like Green, I said, we're Formula One freaks. We grew up like living, breathing Formula One. We love it. Remember, we used to do a Formula One preview show every year on the show. Yeah, like, we, we spent a whole hour going through like testing, testing times. Testing right? times. We go through not just any testing, every single session. Correct. And we talk about like what's Ferrari doing in their aerodynamics department. They sacked their aerodynamics manager. He's moving on to Williams. Can Williams, is it yeah. too late in the season for Williams to make changes? What's happening with the engine we, manufacturers? We spent 10 minutes talking about the technical restrictions that were now imposed <laughs> Correct. each year. Correct. And we wonder why we've got no listeners. <laughs> Correct. So we were Formula One freaks, which we aren't anymore because fucking Lewis Hamilton, the cunt, keeps winning and we don't care. Uh, But putting that to one side. So the thing was, when Mark Webber wins a Formula One Grand Prix, we were going to be together watching it and we would celebrate by spraying champagne like they do on the podium for a Formula One Mm -hmm. race. Now, the weekend that Mark Webber won, and the race that he won, remember, like he had a flat tire and had to go back to the pits. It was at Hockenheim in Germany. And like he was in, he had no right to win that race, but he ended up winning. It was one of those freak wins. Now the weekend that he won that race, I yeah, was in Brisbane. I was in Brisbane watching Celtic play the Brisbane Roar. Ah, there you go. So I went to the Brisbane game. Now I was avoiding the Formula One because at this point Mark Webber had never won a race. Like so, like I'm not expecting him to win either. Um, so I'm avoiding watching the Formula One because I'm I recorded it and I'm going to watch it when I get home on Monday morning, right? And yeah. I'd avoided Formula One news all weekend. Greeno at the time, he doesn't remember, but at the time he didn't message me or anything to say he won because he knew that I was avoiding the race until Monday morning. So I'm on the plane on the way home and about half an hour before we land back in Sydney, right? Um, I've avoided all of the Formula One news. I just saw Celtic beat Brisbane Raw. We were drinking with all of the Celtic fans. It was fucking great singing the songs and stuff because I'm a Celtic fan. And like so on on as we as we approach Sydney Airport, half an hour out, I look to the person next to me just randomly, and they happen to be watching the news on their little screen, and all I see flash up on the screen is Mark Webber wins first race. And I was like, yeah. You I looked at them and you said, You that. motherfucker, <laughs> this poor yeah. person. And they look what? <laughs> what did well, I you do? Are- <laughs> you can hit uh, a story time for me then. Yeah. I like stories about pinatas. Because my story behind that is, yeah, I knew you were up there. I was like, I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm going to let you watch the replay. Right. But I'm sitting there and I'm watching the race. I'm jumping up and down. It's like one in the morning. I'm yep. sitting there going, I had my bottle of champagne. or The bottle of champagne between both of us was always in the fridge. There was yes. always one there just in case. Correct. You always had to have one in there. That was the rule. So I get there and I, I, I prepped my wife beforehand and said, look, Heads up, because he was on pole and he looked quick. And I'm like, look, heads up. If fucking Webbs wins, I'm going out the backyard over the balcony at one in the morning and I'm fucking spraying, <laughs> spraying champagne. champagne. <laughs> but because Damo's not here, mm-hmm. I need you to fucking wake up and do it with me. She had to go to work at 6 a.m. the next morning. <laughs> so she's like, this is I'm what, like, can I this wake is what you our up? wives put up with. Our wives put up with. I'm like, I'm going to wake you up. Is that all right? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I know you've been talking about a fucking day. Fine. Thinking he's not going to fucking win, it's not going to matter. Uh-huh. So anyway, Webb fucking wins. I grab the champagne, I go in, I fucking shake the wife. Uh, <laughs> like, you fucking won. you got to get up. Like two the in podium the morning. Get up, you bitch, come on. I'm like, the fucking podium's going to start. The poor, the poor wife's wiping sleep out of her eyes. 
I still have a sleeping zombie in the backyard <laughs> to watch me fucking spray champagne over a balcony, yes, jump up and down, oh, stared at me like I'm a fucking idiot and said, can I go back to bed now? And I'm like, yes, now you can. And then I saved it. <laughs> no excitement. Didn't no get excitement. The moment. Because by then I'm like, do you want a bottle? Do you want a glass? And she's like, no, I want to go back to fucking bed. It's two in the morning and I've got to get up in four hours for work. Well, I'm pumped. I'm going to stay up and drink the bottle. Oh, uh, Fantastic. So when, when our wives were, were so lovely enough to present us with the champagne yesterday, um, they, they, they mentioned this. They're like, the reason we got you the champagne was because you never got to spray the, the champagne together when Webb's won his first race. Oh. We want you to spray this for at least have a bottle of champagne together to celebrate your 10 years. So here's the cork pop from me and a big thanks to our, both of our lovely wives who, yeah, we've put up. And we're kind enough to do that beautiful gesture for us. Um, the first time, I think your wife said, Damo, that's uh first time she's seen both of us speechless. <laughs> we just didn't know what to say. <laughs> but you know, there's oh, the pop. Oh, yeah, that's a good pop. That's a good pop. And I'm going to pour ourselves a glass as yep. we get to Got the biggest board. wanker in F1. Decade edition. Um, I, I haven't got an actual champagne glass. I've got a vintage 1960s champagne like pewter. Oh, really? I'm using a that, white. I'm using a white trash wine glass, which is like a fishbowl, and I've just filled it to no, the brim. I couldn't. I couldn't find. Uh, uh, actually, I know where they are. They're behind a bunch of boxes. But like, uh, this is my grandma's uh, vintage. Wow. Um, like champagne pewters, like they used to have in the old like. Um, king and queen days oh like so it's got like the brass uh it's the brass ah, yeah nice mm. ah beautiful well done greedo That's well done nice, Gary. All right. nice so, it is All right. a very nice job, by the way mm. um biggest maker in f1 we've talked over the years uh sebastian Vettel has held the title mm-hmm. for so long based on the way he's acted early on in the decade but he kept it up with continual wanky behavior. And because he fucked over our boy Webb as well, like, look, he, he's got to hold that title. Mm-hmm. But uh, Lewis Hamilton being the true superstar he is, yeah. he doesn't like anyone else taking any other title. No. So he's he's been chasing down the biggest wanker in F1 title for, for the back end of the decade. Uh, look, knowing for, for me, for me, Lewis yeah, Hamilton is, is now the biggest wanker in F1 based oh, on this story. Yeah. Like this, is and, and that's yeah, that's the point. He he's not he's not just taken over the title; he's fucking run away with it by the length of the straight. <laughs> Hamilton versus Hamilton, F one superstar Lewis Hamilton loses legal battle with Hamilton watches, ladies and gentlemen. The Daily Mail reports that Lewis Hamilton's company, 44IP, claimed that the watch's brand's uh, trademark had been filed in bad faith. This was despite Hamilton producing watches under that name since 1892. Nice, Gary! (laughs) He's going to war with a watchmaker over 100 years old because he, he now thinks he owns the name Hamilton. Does he not have enough money? No, of course not. He's a fucking Absolutely. he's a fucking asshole, and and you know the problem is now like every single Brit that you speak to now like oh look, because remember how we used to have to listen to Nigel Mansell love ins all the time mm. oh Mansell 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 Nigel Mansell is the best I've ever seen he's fucking absolutely yeah. wonderful but now it's all like oh Lewis Hamilton oh my God Lewis Hamilton he's so fucking good I still say that um. Ayrton, uh, well, not Ayrton said, I, I still say Fernando Alonso is a better driver than Lewis Hamilton. Fernando Alonso just had shittier cars. 
Like yeah, for, put in the same car. Yeah. yeah. For, for mine, he's Fernando, Alonso, Fernando Alonso is the most naturally gifted Formula One driver that I've ever seen. He only won two championships with Renault. But they, do you know, they changed like the way that cars work aerodynamically because of the way Fernando Alonso drives. Because yeah. he would like understeer into corners and he would deliberately like he would he would kind of drift in a Formula One car, which is unheard of. You don't do that. Yeah. But that's the way he used to drive them. Like he was he was the best driver on um tires with no grip because that's the way mm. he used to drive. And he was yeah. like fearless. Like so Fernando Alonso, when he was at his best, is just the best that I've ever seen. Um, 100%. But now, Damo, could we we'll do a quick kimono? Yes. Uh, we're already at two hours. Are, yeah. are we cutting clips or are we just fucking riding no, this bad we're boy? We're riding out? it all the way to the end now. Fuck it. Beautiful. Uh, fuck it. Let's let's enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> we only do a 10 year anniversary once, Greener. So, yeah. Lewis Hamilton, now we have to put up with fucking Lewis Hamilton. Not only is the is he the biggest wanker in Formula One, not only is he trying to take watchmakers to jail, we might get drunk by the end of this because I've just had one sip of this champagne and Jesus, it's good. Holy oh, shit, it's, good, yeah. it's gone straight to my fucking head. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been, I ate one thing about five hours ago, and I'm, I'm assuming you didn't eat any of that. I had no breakfast. break between shows, yeah. You know, what I had, <laughs> you know what I had for breakfast? I woke up at 8 o'clock this morning and started doing prep for the show. I had yeah. um, a tall, but like a pint glass of bourbon and Coke for breakfast. <laughs> I thought I thought the fact that I had two hot dogs for breakfast was pretty bad. You've <laughs> no, had dummy. I haven't had anything yet. Uh, so uh, BBC breakfast in the UK, ladies and gentlemen. Quote, it would be the happiest day ever to see her again. And he's talking about the queen. I, I would love mm. to see her again because now these fucking Englishmen are talking about Lewis Hamilton should be knighted. There is no reality in the multiverse, Greeno, where I will ever address Lewis Hamilton as Sir Lewis Hamilton. That's not happening. Mm. That is not happening. So here's a bit of Lewis Hamilton. So you can appreciate what a wanker he is. Oh, well, I've... Like everyone, I've grown up adoring the the royal family. And bullshit, bullshit, one day, Lewis. He's um, such a liar. I am, uh, award, uh, you know, honoured to to be up in front of the queen again. I mean, it will be the happiest day ever, obviously, to see her again because she's she's just she's an icon. She's a she's such a. He's smiling at you because he's lying. He's ladies so and full of shit. He's, he's so full of so shit. So full of shit. But people can, lap we, it can up. we talk about what's going on with the hair there with Lewis? Well, not only the hair. What's happening with the fucking turtleneck knitted the sweater? <laughs> Where's the denim vest, Lewis? The denim vest and the tag Hoyer watches. The tag Hoyer watch. That's right. So this brings us to a bit of a flashback. So we promised a, a flashbacks on this show. How about a bit of a flashback? We've actually been on the Lewis Hamilton bashing bandwagon since 2010, and I've mm. managed to dig up a couple of minutes of audio here from 2011, I think, Yep. and a number of different clips stuck together where we were talking about Lewis Hamilton, even back then, how much we hated him. So have a listen, and you're actually going to hear the voice of Anne O'Dong, Anne O from the previous show, uh, co-host of Beyond the 90, who joined us on an episode of The Starting Block on this particular day, and and I'm I'm not afraid of saying it. She was thirsty for Lewis Hamilton even back then. She fucking loved Lewis Hamilton. She was constantly like, "Oh, Lewis, he's such a good looking guy. I love Lewis Hamilton." So can you imagine her surprise when she came on our show and we were like, "Fuck this guy." Fuck Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> so here you go. Enjoy uh, some uh, starting block flashback from 2011. 
Roll up! Well, can we go straight to uh, Pretty Boy Lewis Hamilton, Greeno? He's reflected hey, on hey, his... Hey, hey, hey. Reflect- Pretty Boy? <laughs> Absolutely. Good oh, wait, he... Oh, yeah. Good-looking racer. He's always pictured in the women's magazines with the tag hoyer watches and the denim vests. I mean, he's, he's great for the sport. <laughs> After watching the replay, this is Lewis Hamilton, I realised it was my fault today, 100%. Hamilton said via his personal Twitter account... The Twitter. The they Twitter. the Twitter, don't they? Does anyone have a real conversation in sport anymore? No. Everyone's done on Twitter. Journos could be sacked in the future, I think, and we mm. can just all follow Twitter. Yeah. It'll be uh, reporting on Twitter. I mean, it's happening now. It's happen- hey, the, how about that, huh? Nostra Boogie, back in 2011, well, yeah. Greeno. I made reference to that on my show. I was like, hey, I was listening to this last night. We, we can just sack journalists and they'll just report on what's happening on Twitter. It was happening back then. It's it's 100 times worse now in 2020. But anyway, I'll let the clip. Oh. He's done on Twitter. Twitter. No. Journos could be sacked in the future, I think, and we can mm. just all follow Twitter. Yeah. It'll be uh, reporting on Twitter. I mean, it's happening now. It's so. happening already. Well, we're reading it right now. Yeah. He wrote on his Twitter account. Yeah. That's made it. That's journalism now. Mm. <laughs> Do you know how to work Twitter? Yeah, you got a job. Yeah. Come with me. Welcome to Sky News. Yeah. I didn't give Kobayashi enough room. I thought I was past. Apologies to Kamui and my team. The team deserves better from me. Greeno. Mm. He's a gentleman. Lewis, Lewis Hamilton, F1's greatest ever gentleman. It is. Apparently. <laughs> All right. Don't be mocking because he is. Don't be mocking. <laughs> no, we'll mock him. The, the man that's lived inside the stewards for every single race this year. That's right. Lewis Hamilton. That's right. The man who's taken out more competitors. Yeah. Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Senna, um, top 10 again? Or top 10 11? again. He basically, he actually, it was a little bit controversial because basically mm. what happened is in the back end of Q2, Paul DeResta was in 10th spot. Right. And uh, Senna just got over the line to do this final final lap. Mm. But whilst he was going around, he got a free toe um, ah. off Hamilton, which actually gave him a bit of extra pace. Fantastic. Now, you know how, how much of a track Monza's like? It's oh, a lot it's of all long high speed. There's actually going to be two DRS zones um, in, well, in, in tonight's race. It's going to be so, racing central then. So literally, they went across the line because the rest is like, oh, okay, well, I don't have time for another lap putting in the pits. Mm-hmm. Got, got across the line. Center beat him by uh, six thousandth of a second. Thanks to and Lewis. Thanks to Lewis for the, the quick Well, he is, he is F1's greatest gentleman. He, I mean, he come is. along with me, little yeah. center. I'll, um, I'll get you to the top. Yeah, so it was actually quite smart there from Senna to pick up the free toe from, obviously, Lewis Hamilton. And, and Duresta's um, pit engineer was a little bit dirty. He's like, Paul, we've just been pipped if it wasn't for the toe. And Duresta actually handled it pretty well. And surprising that uh, Lewis didn't ram him off the track for towing. I mean, oh, it was impressive, yeah. Yeah, good work there by Lewis, not yeah. to lose his temper and throw another competitor into a wall <laughs> into a again. Wall. <laughs> But anyway, I'm that's sure it, the stewards it. will be talking to him before the end of the race. Yeah, that's so. what I'm looking forward to. Uh, actually, we should start televising, because you know how they go to the uh, the press conference that's right. straight after the race? Mm. We should start televising Lewis's steward uh, interviews, because it. it happens every race everywhere. Get anyway, a camera on Lewis in yeah. the stewards' room. Make it as part of like yeah, the, the post-race pa- wrap-up. Yeah, a bit of celebration. Yeah. Maybe we could sneak a uh, bottle of champagne in there for Lewis, yeah. so we can still Just get go, woo, didn't hit anyone today. Woo! <laughs> We've been questioning Lewis Hamilton throughout the entire year. We have um, been. What's it, where's his head at? Well, yeah, where, where's your head where's at? Where's your head at, Lewis? Where's Lewis. your Exactly. Exactly. We all where's know the song. We know the song. No need to try and sing it, Graham. No, exactly. <laughs> Protect my ears. Yeah. And those in the listenership. And those on the board. Oh, the no. listenership. Absolutely. But uh, we, I think we may have found something that had been happening inside Lewis mm. that I mean, no one's really known about. Mm. He's had a recent breakup with his longtime girlfriend and pussycat doll singer. You know. Mm. That's terrible news. Yeah. The, the couple, pair have been together for about four years. But that's a good, the that's a good, dramas, good yeah. knock. Yeah, very four good years. knock. Uh, uh, but the off-track dramas didn't seem to affect the Englishman's on-track performance uh, as he scored his first <laughs> pole position of the season at the Korean Grand Prix. And surprisingly, he didn't hit anyone either. Yeah. Maybe we've been blaming Lewis when we should have been blaming the pussycat dolls for all Absolutely. these dramas. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you reckon he might have had a little bit of a fight with the Shurs, with the uh, the Pussycat doll, and then he's yeah. taken it out there and taken it out on Felipe Massa? Yeah, potentially. <laughs> Does Felipe look anything like uh, the Pussycat doll? Well, hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go, some vintage block. Vintage talking about block. F1. God, I sound so different back then. Yeah, a little I don't bit. Know. It, what do you think it is? It's so, I'm, I'm saying nasal. I, I can't even, like, pretend, I can't fake that voice now. I think the decade of smokes has definitely fucking played, so? played havoc with your voice for sure. It was worth. I've um, said I've said this on my show when people are like, "Oh, Boogie, I love your voice." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's what I like." If you start smoking when you're 13 yeah. into your late 30s, this is what you can get. You know what I mean? Like, this is what you can look forward to. So it's worth it. But it was. It, like, it yeah. was we actually had some energy by the time we got to like week 10 compared to episode one. We're yeah. Like, Hey, welcome to the ball. Well, and plus, I never really liked the microphone set up there because remember, like, I've always liked being close to the microphone. I couldn't do it there. It'd, it'd pop. Yeah, I couldn't do it there. So, like, if I if I sit back here and try to raise my voice, maybe it sounds a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah, but, you, know. you make a fair call. Yeah, I think, yeah, you were too far away. So you were straining. It was coming out more nasally. I couldn't speak I naturally. Was, yeah, because yeah, that was back when I used to I used to run the board. Yeah. For over. So that was it was always like, I need, I need to have your sound so far down because you were yelling into the fucking mic. Maybe like, it's hard to do with it. Fantastic. <laughs> so definitely Lewis Hamilton, biggest uh, wanker in F1 over the last decade, which brings us to the golf segment, Damo. The golf segment. And you know, the only reason we have a golf segment this week is as a result of some shark gong. Uh, I found this article floating around. Now, the shark, because, again, you're terrible at providing context on radio, Greener. You're about to do the context. This is your segment. Oh, so you were throwing to me. I was throwing to you. Okay. Well, you're very good at radio, Greener. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Have another sip of champagne. I'm going to. Hang on. Let me. That's it. It is really good fucking champagne. It is. I'm going to have to put the bottle back in the fridge, though, I think. I don't, it's it's oh, like 38 fuck. degrees out here, which to, for Americans is, what, 104 degrees Fahrenheit? It's 40 here. Oh, it's 40 out west. Yeah, yeah. 38 down my way. I've actually got the dogs inside in the studio with me, and they're just sleeping. They're not chewing cords and shit, which is amazing. Mm. It's a miracle. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, what? I've sent you videos of them when they're acting up, and Greeno's like, holy yeah. shit. How do you deal with these? That? Aren't these aren't dogs? These are fucking horses. horses. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, the the great white shark, as he was known at the time, Greeno, is Australian golfer Greg Norman. Now, Greg Norman has been married three times, four times, something like that. Something you know, he's he's always been known as a like a man about town. He's always been known as very popular with the ladies. Now, Greg, it. Well, he, he did have his first wife, and, and that was a long-lasting relationship. And then afterwards, he's like, well. Well, I'm going to enjoy myself. Open I think he looked up with Chrissy Everett at some point. Yes, the, the, the tennis, tennis player. I, I reckon if you're, um, an ath- if you're an athlete, the best um, partner you can have is, I know I bring this up constantly because I've always found it amazing. Did you know, like, and if you're in the audience and you're new to the show, you probably don't know this. It's known that the Olympics – um, village, you know, so when the Olympics are on and all That's the athletes, cool. it's a fucking orgy, basically. 5,000 condoms per room. The, yes, they, they do. Like the, the hosting country, people don't talk about this in the corporate media, but they should because this is the most like normal human story of the Olympics. Yeah. These people sacrifice their whole lives from basically the age of 12. Like, mm-hmm. see, I was a really good swimmer when I was younger, but I wasn't prepared to make the sacrifices that I need to make 
in order to be like a fucking professional. Fuck that. I'm going to get high and play guitar. Thank you very much. I'm going to enjoy myself. You know, fuck this shit. So I quit, started smoking cigarettes and playing guitar and taking drugs like every other normal person. So, but the people who dedicate, they basically sacrifice puberty and they, they sacrifice like so much in their life to become professional sportsmen for the chance that once every four years, for maybe two occasions, if you get the best, if you get the best of it, maybe you'll go to two Olympics if you're the best of the best. For the chance at like one race. Sorry, man. I don't mean to interrupt. Yeah. Stefan has just put one of the best comments I've seen in the chat. Yes. To be a swimmer, you need to manscape.com. You do. You do. You have to shave. Like I, I would shave my legs and my arms and stuff because it's yeah. uh, resistance in the water. Hmm. So it's true. It's a hundred percent true. That's why you wear caps and shit. So, yeah. um, so you, you, at the best of the best, at the top of your craft, you maybe get two Olympics where you can go for it and you get one race essentially to win a gold medal. And that's all rests on that. Yeah. Fuck that. So what happens is right in the Olympics village, can you imagine like 20 years, 25 years, 30 years of this built up anticipation and aggression and training and dedication? What happens is. In the Olympics, after the competitors compete in their event and they've been knocked out or they've won or whatever it is, after their event is finished, the Olympics keep going until it's over, till the marathon. Mm. The marathon's always the last thing. So when it's finished, all of the competitors who no longer have to compete basically just fuck each other. <laughs> I'm not joking. It's a massive orgy. It's an orgy. And, and, and it's not only that. Like no. you talk about, yeah, the pressure and the build-up and all that, and it's just like, hey, now we can let loose. Yeah. Think about you're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are athletes in the best shape of their life. Yeah. They're, they're all in their like late teens, early twenties, yep. you know, mid twenties. So they're prime fucking targets already. They're, they're, they're all stunning. They're all cut. They're all spelt. Yep. And all they want to do at the end of the competition is just go nuts. They go and, nuts. Exactly. And, and, and at least credit to them. They fucking load up the Olympic Village with uh, with rubbers. That's right. And it's just like, well, if we're gonna do it, let's just fucking make sure we're doing it safe. That's right. And and at least it saves on the cleaning bill too. That's too. right. So like, that's, imagine that's... imagine the sheet cleaning if you didn't have them around. <laughs> so um, th- that was the point I was going to make. The hosting city, whoever hosts the Olympics, spends like hundreds of thousands of dollars on condoms. Yeah. Like just for the athletes, and nobody ever talks about. It. It's funny. So anyway, Greg Norman, we're back. Get back to the price of this year. I was like, this show's already run an hour and a half too long, and we've gone off on a tangent of of the Olympic Village fuckfest. <laughs> Fuck so Greg Norman, ladies and gentlemen, the Great White Shark. He's a man about town. Now I have to remind you before you see this image that Greg Norman is nearing seventy years old. Right? He's, yeah. he, he, what would he be, like 64, 65? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, he'd probably be around the 60, 60 mark. He's definitely in the 60s, I think. Yeah. So Greg Norman, he's, he's, not, he's not a young rooster by any stretch of the imagination. Have a look at this, ladies and gentlemen. Now, you may need to – I'll put it on the big screen so you can see. <laughs> so this was a story going around on Twitter. The headline is, Greg Norman casually has a piece of lumber swinging between his legs. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll give you kind of some background context. I saw this earlier in the week, and okay. all I saw was the photo, right? And I thought I didn't realize what people were commenting on. because all You don't I saw look was for penis. Up. 
No, I didn't look offended. All I, I thought, look, maybe they're talking. I assume this photo was viral because, hey, man, he's fucking mad cut for a 65-year-old. Isn't he? Look at the chest. Look I at those abs. And then it wasn't until later in the day I logged back into Twitter and, and I saw, like, uh, hashtag Norman's dick was, like, the number one trending topic. And then I'm like, hang on, i got to go back and look at this photo. And then I saw the lumber and I'm like, now I understand why this is, <laughs> this is trending. Absolutely. So Greg Norman... He's probably, yeah, he, no, not probably. He is Australia's ever uh, greatest ever golfer, I think. That's fair. Um, well, he's, well, he's won more majors. He, he lost he lost more majors than most of our golfers will ever have a chance of winning. Fair call, yeah, fair call. So I, for me, that puts him up. Wasn't he the greatest in the world for like 10 years? He was world number one for like five years, something like that. Yep. So, but we've been, I, when I saw this story, it reminded me of some of our old shit on the starting block, Reno, back in 2010, 2011. Damn, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt you. Yes. I've, got, I've got some hot toss off the press. Hot toss off the press. Because I was looking at Greg Norman's uh, ridiculously sized penis. No, I just Googled Greg Norman to find out his age. He's 65. 65. And the first story that pops up is sexism storm erupts over Paige Sporanik's comment on Greg Norman's X-rated photo. Now, Ah. firstly, this is not an X-rated photo. This is a picture of the dude going down, walking on the beach. And his dong is just so big, it leaves a massive imprint on his pants. It's not an X-rated photo. Correct. It's, there's already a storm day. Wait, so who's who's Paige Spiranovic, first of all? Uh, that's a good question. She is a former pro golfer herself. Okay, okay. Oh, she's a really good-looking golfer too, isn't she? She, she sure is. She's, she's a, a tidy yeah, a, unit. I remember her. Tidy unit, as the phrase is, uh, is out there. Oh, no, yeah, I just, so, I just clicked on her. So yes, here, I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume that Paige, the tidy golfer, made a comment about – Yeah, I'm going to say she made a – uh, an approving comment of Greg Norman's manhood. Yeah, a- she just talked about, like, you know, wow, he, he looks like he's packing. So then she had to come right. out and they were like, oh, she complains about – these are people on Twitter. We're back to Twitter again. Uh-huh. Complains about men commenting on about her body but comments about a man's body. How can you not comment on that dick? Like, <laughs> it's just – We're it's too commenting, big to we're commenting on it and we like vaginas. <laughs> Yeah. And then she came back with like on Twitter, I get this comment all the time. I want to set the record straight. I've never and will complain about that. Just don't call me a slut or a horse based solely on the tops. I like to wear. It's not that hard. Oh, God. Can um, everyone so just on. relax? Can everyone just relax, please? A former golfer is making a comment on another golfer who has an unusually sized massive penis. What is yeah. wrong with that? It's, can we just fucking down. chill? Jesus yeah. Christ. Right. Now we can get the show back on track. All right. So we've been talking about Greg Norman and his love interest for the, oh, the better part of a decade. So I'm going to take you back a little bit of a flashback. And this is our last uh, flashback clip for the night. Uh, back in 2010, 2011, Greeno, I dug up some of us talking about Greg Norman. Have a listen. Time. Time to tee off with the golf segment. Let's chase the little egg around on the fairway, Greeno. It's a sunny day. It is a very sunny day. Great day for golf. I was actually meant to go out and play golf today, but Were apparently really? the, uh, the the course out at Camden Valley. I mm. Oh no, Camden Lakeside. Sorry, Camden Lakeside. You're not allowed to take carts out, and I'm not. There's no way I'm walking around okay. the course. No I'm invite a, for day, mate. That's interesting. But anyway, we'll no, move on. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> the PGA Tour.com decided to have a bit of an interview with Shark just to run through the team, get his thoughts, you know, mm. and with, with them playing this week. Didn't ask him about his marriage. No. That'd be my first question. Well, which one? Who you're married to this week, yeah, Shark? This week. What's going on How's there? How's it going? How's week seven going? Oh, what, do you and Tiger hit the cocktail bars together? Yeah. 
<laughs> you try to check out the talent. Check out the, talent, the golfing talent. Yeah, you take the daughter, Tiger. Yeah. Where's her mum? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be all over that. <laughs> all right. Like Bok on Choi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tiger on the prowl. Tiger's right? on the prowl. Tiger Woods on Sunday took a swipe at Greg Norman, the Did shark, he? saying he had relished playing a pivotal role in the US team's Presidents Cup win at the same time proving the international captain wrong. Before the mm. tournament started, Norman had questioned the US team on using a tigger. captain's pick on Woods. Now, can we really trust the Sharks' comments on the captain's pick, considering Allaby went 0-5 and, and Bads went 1-3-1? and Yeah, no. Shark, yeah. captain's Shark. pick. Yeah. Shut your mouth. A Shark. guy that was world number one for 12 straight years, as Freddie Couples said. He yeah. basically goes, as if I'm not going to use my captain's pick on a guy who was the best That's player right. in the world by a long way for 12 Shark's years. Shark's losing it a bit. I think we should rename him Flake. Because yeah. that's what happens, you know, when the shark gets cooked. <laughs> yeah. We call him the flake. We call him the flake. <laughs> yeah. All right. Greg's probably not happy with it, Tiger said, uh, yeah. me closing out the cup. Greg's probably more so not happy about the fact that he knows winners pull more chicks. Pull more it. chicks? Just dirty about that. Yeah, hanging out. Tiger's the getting the tang. Yeah. The Normans just floating around the single bar. The flake. Picking up the dregs. The flake's picking up the dregs. The flake's the picking up the dregs. Now, Woods' <laughs> pivotal role on Sunday came after a putt- putting tip on the practice green oh. from teammate Steve Stricker. The which, Strick. Which helped him end three days of shaving the cup. Hmm. Wait, are we still talking about the golf or Tiger's pre-outing <laughs> pre- pre- preparations? Right. Um, Stricker told him about positioning the ball. Wait, are we talking about golf still? I hope so. Stricker told him about positioning the ball and releasing the toe of the putter. I, I'm not sure this is golf talk. No. Now, maybe we can get Steve Stricker to spend 30 minutes with Mitchell Johnson and weave some magic. Now, everyone else is having hey, a crack. Yeah, as long as he doesn't tell Mitch to shave the cup, exactly. there'll be nothing left. There'll be nothing I guarantee left. you Mitch is a waxer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Man, like Manscaped. 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 Yeah. All over Manscaped. 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 All coming together. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. So, I think we can get Mitch with the flake. With the flake? Has been club. Yeah. Get out the chicks. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch with <laughs> the flake. But anyway, let's move on. Can we please? Because <laughs> this, this is dire. I, I love the golf segments. My favourite segment now. There's very little golf talk going on, though, unfortunately, <laughs> in the so golf good. segment. <laughs> I wonder why we didn't work on community radio. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know why sponsors Uh, weren't lining up at our door to get involved in this. Like sports, I would have thought the golf shops would be lining up to hear us uh, talk about not you know uh, Greg Norman or Tiger Woods's results on the golf course, but rather their propensity towards banging fucking slags in (laughs) cocktail bars. (laughs) You know, like I don't know why you don't want a piece of this. Yeah, why why are you confused about the the fact that golf segments spend five minutes talking about guys shaving their balls? I don't know. <laughs> I wonder why I wonder why we didn't only make it. Nice, um, Gary. In in the chat, uh Stefan's pointed out, he's like, I'm impressed with the pre-show uh prep boys. At Steph, to be honest, man, this this show today is the most work I've put into a show oh. in like a decade. Oh yeah. <laughs> we actually we actually tried today. So I hope it turns out all right. Uh, uh, there's there's one more comment I need to highlight from Victor yeah. von Schroom, Greeno. Can we all acknowledge the fact that he's in his skivvies and probably took a swim in the freezing ocean and still came out strong? <laughs> still came out strong. Like that, that's yeah. that this this here, ladies and gentlemen. This is Greg Norman on a cold, shrivelly day. <laughs> that's that's shark is terri- That's terrifying. Yeah. That's post cooked shark. That's terrifying. Uh, if he ever yeah. gets a blowjob, he'll break the fucking chick's neck yeah. with that thing. <laughs> well, well, you know what I'm concerned about. It's gonna knock Haven't... her jaw clean off. No, can you get back to the photo for a sec, will we, please? Yeah. <laughs> 
The dog sees a bone, man. <laughs> it certainly does. But do, do not yell fetch when you're in yeah. the presence of Greg Norman. <laughs> Otherwise, bad things will happen. Dog, yeah. It's got a case of the Monahans about there. Um, <laughs> Damo, gonna, we've still got two segments to get through. Fuck. Uh, no, one of our, like, a, a long standing segment on this show over, yeah. over the last 10 years has been none other than NRL court dates. Uh, hit the button for me, please. And this is basically time, and an NRL player decides to, to fuck up and ends up in court. Yep. And it became so frequent that... We created a segment out We, we had to do a segment. <laughs> Sports stars getting arrested became a segment on our show. Exactly. And the, the, uh, well, the NRL season finished a bit later this year. Yep. Literally the last game was last week for State of Origin. And lo and behold, it took less than a week... And the boys didn't let me down because I came across this this week. The Gold Coast Titans say uh, former NRL star Michael Gordon will not be providing service to their club until further notice oh. after he was charged by police. It is understood the 37-year-old former fullback is one of seven people arrested over an alleged cross-border cocaine and MDMA hey. supply. Hey. Drugs were bound for the streets, police were alleged. <laughs> of course, was operating across the border. Now, first and foremost, I can't get into Queensland to go to a fucking funeral, but Michael Gordon <laughs> from Emerald Star can smuggle MDMA across the border. What the fuck is going on there? Well, now, you know, that- well, you know Greta, if you're a sports star and you're bringing money to the state, then they kind of turn a blind eye. Exactly. Yeah. Now, that was that always was the piece of resistance for the 10-year anniversary. I'm like, excellent, we've got a court date. We can fucking play the music. Yep. There's been so many court dates over the years. Nice thing. Now, then this was the top because we did it. Uh, well, Wait, actually, do, you have, do you have another court date? I've got another one, and it ties oh. in with a segment. We, we, once again, the, the history of uh, Pause that. Pause yes. that. Uh, uh, pause okay. The, okay. Pause the music. Okay. So we, we, we had a... The, the block's kind of um, trajectory, it was me and you doing the show as a sports show. Yep. Then you you got a new job, so uh, you couldn't do the show for a bit. So I did a solo sports show for that a bit. That was about, for, and then, for about 18 months, two years, thereabouts. Yeah, about that. Yep. And then you came back, we did a sports show for another 18 months, and then it turned into what we have now. Mm-hmm. And during that 18 months I did the show by myself, that was when Jared Hayne went to the NFL. That's right. And basically... Every no I'm matter so what the sad. Story was, I'm so sad that I missed that. <laughs> we're basically, so what no matter foxsports.com and all the Australian media, it was the most unbelievable thing I've seen. Where no matter what they talked about, they found a way to inject Jared Hayne in the conversation. <laughs> and there was like, I basically I recorded every story that was reported on him over the course of the week, and it was called Hayne Watch. <laughs> I think the record set in one week, there were 67 separate articles on Jared Hayne. <laughs> we have a form of rugby. Why do we care so much as a society? Mm. Like, no, it's this insane. is a genuine question. Why do we fucking care so much whether other countries like us or not? Genuine question. Because we had a rugby league player. He wasn't one of the best or anything. He was good. Like, I'm not <laughs> doubting he, was, he wasn't good. He was fucking good rugby league player. He was a good, um, you know, uh, player for a shitty team in Parramatta. Like, Parra was a fucking shit team. Parramatta's still a shit team. So he was good for Parra. Uh, okay. He played some State of Origin games. He wasn't a State of Origin legend or anything, you know. He was. He was, he was New South Wales' best player for five years on the wing. <laughs> ah, but, yeah, yeah, but they weren't – they. Like, yeah, but like, he's not, he's not going to go down in origin legend. Like when I think of origin legends for New South Wales, I think of Andrew Johns, 
uh, Lazarus, anyway. Tim Brasher, who was Tim Brasher, Brasher, yeah. Brasher was a worse player than Hayne, but at origin level, he was a better player, if that makes sense. Exactly. He, he was the, the original Dane Gagai. Right. Um, at club level, he was okay, but he got into an origin jersey and he just went up. How about how about this for a new? I'm not even a New South Wales fan, so how about this for a New South Wales player, Michael O'Connor, Mickey that, O'Connor. That's a K- fucking origin uh, legend side right line, there. Sideline kicking uh, goal to win an origin for for New South Wales, I, I, and was a former rugby international. That's right. I, do you know that game when he kicked that goal from the sideline to win the game? I cried that night. As a as like, oh, what were we like five or six years old? I was yeah, crying that night because we lost. Like I had to get that that talk from you know mum. It's like that's okay. There's going to be next year. It's like this is bullshit. We didn't deserve to lose. <laughs> we were the better team. Like that was me as a Queensland yeah. fan. So you know, like when Michael O'Connor, uh, Benny Elias, origin yep. hero. Uh, so you've got a whole bunch of Jared Hayne is not going to go in the same uh, conversation as those guys. Never, 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 never. Not- not now, because he's accused of rape. So, <laughs> hang on a minute. <laughs> Former NRL star Jared Hayne arrives at Newcastle Court for his first day of his sexual assault trial. Hey, he is Jared, not guilty. So it was it was a beautiful moment where Hayne Watch met NRL court dates. Met what right for, for our show. Um, <laughs> It, it doesn't look good for Jared. Uh, <laughs> is it is it really that bad? How well, bad is because, it? Because because he was alleged of the same thing when he was in the US, yeah. and he paid her off in a civil suit. Oh. And now he's accused of it in Australia. So oh, this one's going to court. Jared. Um, Jared. So, Jared. Jared. Yeah. That, and and the fact that the NRL like there was a lot of love fest for him until he got accused of rape, and then the media have said nothing about him for two years because they're like. Like, this is a guy who had such a big career with such a big media presence during his NFL stint. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, shit, this dude's accused of rape. He's never going to play NRL again. Just no one fucking report anything ever. Yeah. And they haven't said a word about him in two years until like this week. So it yeah. um, yep. doesn't look good. Yeah, he was going to be the next big thing in F- uh, NFL. And then he didn't he drop two punts in one game? That's how vicious it is in the NFL. Yeah. Well, you're not, uh, you can't, if, you're, if your job is a kick returner, you cannot drop the ball. Like, that's... Mm. Simple as that. And he dropped two in one game and then he never played again. So like, I think on. it's harsh. I think it's fucking harsh because he probably was feeling yeah. all the pressure. He always wanted to play gridiron. And, you know, to be yeah. fair, if he was an American and grew up in the system, he probably would have been a very good, a very fine NFL player, to be hmm. fair. But, you know, it just doesn't work out that way. Willie Mason would have been a better NFL player than fucking Jared Ayn. Yeah, pl- plenty of different options out there. Jason Tamalolo probably would have been a better player. Tamalolo. Um, what about uh, yeah. uh, Jimmy Tamoy, Greeno? Aussie Jimmy Tamoy. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like, I'm really excited to play for New South Wales for the twenty five thousand dollars a game fee. I would have liked to have. Good. I would have liked to have seen your Darren Lockyer as a quarterback. I reckon he could do a good quarterback because he was all mental. Darren Lockyer. He just read yeah. the game so much better than everyone else. I've never seen a guy who, uh, even if the Broncos were down twelve with like five to go, if Lockyer had the ball in his hand, I was concerned they were going to win. Yeah. Yeah, I've never, was, I've never seen too best. many players like that. But Darren Lockyer, as a, as a just a legitimate ball player and match winner, yep. like, yeah, I've never, never seen a better player. Yeah, and um, like, to Dave, be, to be okay. fair, New South Welshmen, like, even like, even though they hate Queenslanders and stuff, what from what I've seen, New South Welshmen are fair to Darren Lockyer. They're like, no, actually, he was like probably one of the best. Well, <laughs> you know, like, he, he, if you can, you can hear story time for me, please, Damon. Absolutely. I like stories about pinatas. 
my uh the big fella my dad he took me my first ever origin game he took right. me i was he probably told like you just watch locky 12 years old that's when darren locky was still playing fullback all right for queensland and he goes look and we were up like the top right hand corner we had like it was like free tickets from from his work and he's like what do we need to do he goes just watch what locky does mm-hmm. like watch the game but in with your peripheral i just want you to watch Lockyer. and it was the off the ball work yep. that you just like Fuck man, this guy knows how to play, and I got an appreciation for. And you know, he may be a big cokehead; it doesn't matter. It just he's uh, yeah. he's literally one of the best I've ever well, seen, and the, it doesn't matter. Like Joey but, Johns is one of the best I've ever seen as well, and he's fucking completely off his tree. So I know um, we're going. I know we're going. We're drinking. We're getting a little bit sport here, but there there's hmm. something to be said about the great players, right? Make the game look slow when they're playing it. So spot on. What I think of is like Darren Lockyer in rugby league, right? When he had the ball. Everybody, it looked like the rest of the game was in slow motion when he yeah. was thinking about now. Leonardo, Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Victor yeah. Rome, it's 5 a.m. there. He's going to check out. Victor, thank you thank so you much for joining us. So far, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I appreciate it, dude. Definitely don't, don't worry about checking out the replay. Nice, dude, you're, fucking, you're stuck in for two and a half hours, brother. We appreciate it. Thanks, right. thanks for listening. <laughs> so, like, other players I can think of, Lionel Messi. I know you're not a big football fan, but Lionel Messi for Barcelona, like, when he has the ball, it looks like everybody else is in slow motion. Mm. Uh, Scott Pendlebury yep. is one for me for uh, the Collingwood football club. Oh, for AFL, AFL, yeah. When Scott Pendlebury has the ball, it looks like everyone else is in slow motion. Same with Darren Lockyer. Uh, Michael Jordan, right? When he got the ball, it looked like everyone else was half a, uh, like was working in, at half speed. Like the best yep. players, and it, it, that's not quickness, though. That's not speed. That's brain. No, it's just that's mentality. Yeah. They're, they're running at the same speed. If you put, like, yeah, you put a GPS on them and check their speed, they're going at this, uh, probably a lesser pace, but they just look like they're quicker because they know that first step. Or they, it's all like, instinct, right? They know they know where you're going to step before you step, but they yeah. don't know. Lockie they're not thinking himself, about it. Yeah. Yeah, they're not Lockie th- would position himself just in the right position that he was outside the shoulder of a ball runner mm-hmm. to be able to draw two men in and set up the play on the outside and have a three-man overlap. Absolutely. Um Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, Laurie Daly at his best was kind of like that as well. Yeah, very much so. Like, but Ricky Stewart, I never really rated because for me, Langer was. Well, he's my favorite than, player of all time. Yeah, no, <laughs> and my favorite player was Alan Langer. He Alan was Langer. like Ricky Stewart's greatest rival when they were playing. So. Spot on. They they trade Australian jerseys for the halfback spot year to year, yeah. depending on who had the better season. Yeah. Um, and one would play uh, dummy half. Ricky, uh, Ricky, Stewart nah, played, Rick, Ricky Stewart played dummy half one. Uh, Ricky, Ricky never played dummy half for Australia. He always it was if he made the team, it was because Alfie was out and vice versa. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. I, I I seem to remember Ricky Stewart playing dummy half in the same. T- be will back this up if he if he if because be knows this stuff. I seem to oh, remember but, Ricky Stewart. I remember yeah. Ricky Stewart being selected to play number nine when Alan Langer was number seven. Uh, during a uh, an Australian team, a Kangaroos tour to England, and I'm going to say in like 93, 94, when Mal Meninga was captain. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that happened. And Ricky might have even come off the bench to play dummy half because they just wanted to have both of the players on the field at the same time. So Kerrod oh, Walters might have come off and Ricky gone on. No, nah, it would have been Steve Walters who would have been playing nine. No, nah, Kerrod was number nine as well. Uh, Steve was the Canberra player and Kerrod was uh, the Brisbane player. The Broncos player. Yeah, yeah no, I get that. But I don't remember Steve in that team. I remember Kerrod. Maybe Steve was injured or something. So Steve I'm, must have been injured because Boxhead was the number one nine for a in, long in the league for about five years, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, we've gone off on a mad sports tangent. Yes, let's end, <laughs> let's end the show. <laughs> That's it. We're, we're done. We're going to skip the hot stove. You're uh, not doing no, Come on, we've got to talk. Let's do the hot stove. So right. go on. <laughs> All right, oh, we're going to wrap up. Scary. We're going to do stuff after this, but uh, not much. So the hot stove, one of my favorite segments, uh, the, the baseball offseason is known as the hot stove. And what we like to do is we like to check the temperature hmm. to see how hot this stove is, depending on what action's happening Correct. In, in the trade thing. And yes. and God bless him, fucking Jerry DePoto. Oh, yeah. Has, crazy has Uncle Jerry DePoto. Crazy Uncle Jerry DePoto has been a saviour for this segment for fucking years on end. <laughs> this segment uh, was never good. It doesn't deserve saving. It deserves to die a slow and painful no, death. Jerry's made it good and, and, <laughs> and we've made it good. It's fantastic. Uh, so... <laughs> So I'm pleased to report, Damo, with a fresh hot stove. Even in these COVID times, yes, uh, we've been able to get a new stove into the studio. Well done. Look at this. Because now, where did it, you get? Now I need to ask, where did you get the stove from? Was it one of those outlet stores, or did you go like buy one off the floor? Or no, well, obviously I can't leave the house, mate. I, I don't have any masks with me. So <sighs> sight unseen, uh, sight unseen, sight unseen. Had to order un- online and, and just oh, trust. Trust the ratings. And look, don't get me wrong. I've installed the new hot stove in the new place, and I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it because I put the new pan on. Good news, we've got new pans for 2021 too. Mm -hmm. Um, I figured better to do it because we need, you know, fresh pans, COVID clean from 2020. Let's get new pans in for the new. Let's get a whole new. Let's get a whole new stove set. Like let's let's mark new beginnings and you know rebirth and all of those wonderful things. Hundred percent right. And good news. I, I don't. I don't want to make any spoil, spoilers. We'll call it spoilers. Mm. Um, these ones for Dean Hutton's safety. The insurance company told me need to be heat resistant. So the new, <laughs> the new pans on the stove, are heat resistant just for Dean Hutton. Because <laughs> we can't trust but, him. Because we can't trust him. He scolds he's all the fucking, kids at Unity Day. He's a loose cannon. Ah, uh, that Dean Hutton. Uh, now, have we finalized? Curious. Have we finalized our security team? Because we have two security teams on this Unity Day: one for general security and one to keep Dean Hutton out. Like, I got to check with Troy. Uh, he's in charge of security for Unity. Because we Day. heard that Dean Hutton wanted wanted to scale the fence to get back in. That's why we had to buy the new, the new heat proof heat proof pants for the stove. The hot dog guy. <laughs> the hot dogs guy. That's it, and a couple of boiled potatoes. Yeah. Got to chuck them in. Yeah. Uh so got to the store back. Oh, a good news, damn! I went the gas. I went the gas mm. this no. time. I I wasn't. I was concerned about You're not any an electric other option. Man. I'm not an electric man myself. I, I'm like I think we can ho- can maintain the heat of the hot stove better with a gas element. So yeah. got it all hooked up. Spoke to a few electricity providers. You know me, man. I'm frugal, so Very I've gone frugal. for 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 the most cost effective gas provider I could get for this year's hot stove. Yep. Um, not going to name names, hmm. but they are affiliated with Don Camaro. Um, <laughs> Magician Don Camaro's lost his mind. Get ready for Don Camaro's Super Mega Salmonanza. Total liquidation of all magic event supplies. Ducks, box, turtles, magic wands, and gorgeous bond assistance. And that's just the beginning. Snakes, magic hats, puppy sweaters, disappearing ink, all prices too low to mention. Only at Don Camaro's magic events. So water's in, water's bubbling. Uh, we, we've chucked it on. We've put the lid on because I like a fucking hardball, Demo. You like and a hardball? I like the lid like a little askew. Like nah, I like man, a I need gentle fucking, boil. I need the lid on, I need a hardball, and then I take it off and do it askew ah. just to get a nice temperature gauge. Yep. So uh, the the hot stove for the MLB hot, uh, uh, postseason week one, we've had one trade, Damo. Yes. 
Finally. Uh, and is it crazy Uncle Jerry? No, it isn't, unfortunately. No, We've got the Reds acquiring Jeff Hoffman and Case Williams to the Rockies for Robert Stevenson and Jamison Hanna. There you go. Um, but good to know that the stove is installed and we've got our first little boil ready to go. Nice, Gary! Now, Damo, we're the, finally, it's fucking, this has been a monster show. Yeah. Now, Tro- Troy messaged just earlier in the day. He's like, boys, I'm driving for seven hours over the weekend. If you can make it a marathon show, I'd appreciate it because we've got something to listen to. Yeah, well, congratulations, Troy. It, mate. You got your wish. Um, but it, little does he know, he'll want to stop listening halfway through. <laughs> yeah. When we get to your segment, Troy, and I know it's, you have to work in reverse to get to this point, but when we get to your segment, probably stop listening. Yeah. <laughs> Damo, it's the end of the 10 years. Uh, looking back at, at the decade, um, I have to thank you for keeping the show alive, really. So we left we left the radio show, what, four years ago now, maybe? No, it wasn't that long. Three years, maybe? We've been doing it from our own homes. I reckon it's two. I reckon it's two and a half. All right, we'll call it three. We'll call it three. We'll, we'll call it three. We left about three years ago, and I was always worried in the back of my mind. I'm like, once we leave the radio show, we're fucked. Like, oh, just, and, oh we're sorry, sorry. I, I I know we're doing the outros, but I, I have like to. stories about pinatas. Oh, this, was... is still, this is still story time, dude. It's well, okay. I know, I'm interrupting your story to do my story. I like stories about <laughs> pinatas. I was trying to tell you to leave the radio station like five years earlier yeah. right i was like no fuck radio fuck who cares let's just do podcasts let's do podcasts mm-hmm. and live streaming you're like no 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 i don't trust and it actually took me like 12 months of constructing a professional level studio before i finally convinced greeno when i was like <laughs> come in and check out what i've built here we can do this from home we don't have to and he was like okay and the first time he was like you know what it's not that fucking bad. I was like, thank you. I like stories about pinatas. Uh, now reopening your story. I like stories about pinatas. <laughs> so you interrupted me thanking you for fucking building know, a studio. I know, I'm a cunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we left the studio. We didn't know, like, we, we actually, we knew what we were going to do because for 12 months we'd already been doing it inside your studio yeah. um, and we're just sending it in. That's why when the, as soon as, you know me, frugal, as soon as they started char- charging us, well, like, Fuck that! We don't even Bullshit. go there. We, we don't even fucking go there. We don't even use Studio the feed. we don't even use the parking garage next door. What are we charging for? Fuck that! What are we charging for? This is bullshit. So we we kept find a way to keep the show alive. Thanks for you investing thousands and thousands of dollars into literally what listening back to those early episodes to the current episode. This is fucking worlds apart audio wise. And the fact you've built your own studio that sounds radio quality is a fucking tip of the hat to you, sir. So well done. Give thank yourself you. a nice game. Thank you, sir. And well, nice, Gary. but it's also a big thank you to like the listeners and, uh, you know, subscribers and Patreon supporters and stuff, because like all of the money I make from that just goes straight back into the studio anyway. So like without 100%. them, without them, yeah. a lot of the stuff would have been like really delayed and, you know, there's been times where I've got like new microphones or a cable, like random shit, like a cable is broken. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, like I do it, I'm doing prep on the weekend and I'm going through. Remember, I've cleaned out like and replaced all the cables in this studio at least twice over the last four years. So, it's yeah. like, you know, there'll be times I'm like, oh, a dodgy cable that like goes from some random thing to another random thing in this convoluted setup that I have here. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. And then like the Patreon supporters, like, you know, the contributions they make, I'm like, oh, fuck, thank God I can get a cable because I don't have cash, yeah. you know. It's, a, it's yeah, thanks, thanks to the listeners as well. Yeah. And look, that's the other key thing. Like, uh, yeah. 
Thank, thank you for putting together a studio for us to be able to keep doing it. Thank you for helping me set up my own home studio now that we live fucking two and a half hours away from each other to keep the show yeah. going. Um, we live in a crazy new world where we can do everything remotely, which is fantastic. Not everything. Um, not everything. We can't We can't do a Dutch rudder. There's no Dutch rudders. Done. Well, we can, but it's a, it's a virtual one, which is I Imagine doing Dutch rudders via Skype. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like I understand, I understand, like you know, sex over Skype. That's not a problem. Mm. But how do I get my friend to masturbate me over Skype? That's, <laughs> That's it. Gonna be yeah, you have to get some like robotic type thing. Yeah. Uh, we need to thank literally uh, first and foremost. We need to thank BE, who's who's been such a massive contributor to the show over the last decade. Once again, mentioned it earlier, dude, fucking nice, takes time out of his week every single fucking week to to put the show to, uh, to put something together for this show. Um, we've had. Plenty of people over the years as well have contributed, whether it be obviously Troy, who's still a massive contributor to the show. We had Stefan Sears, who used to send in a fucking poll every week and then he got, couldn't be bothered hmm. um, and put together Granny Sears videos. Um, which no most longer exist. Which no longer exists. Most importantly, we just need to thank anyone who's fucking tuned in. Like yeah. you, you mentioned it earlier. Winner we, of the power rankings, got, Kimmy. Yeah, we never got back to, like, we never got ratings when we were in the radio show. But we'd randomly get fucking people going, oh, I know this show. I remember your your father-in-law, we were out having a drink one day, and he, he walked past someone's desk at their work. Mm-hmm. at the place. This is back when That's before right. he retired. That's right, yeah, wow. Yeah. And, and they were listening to the Starting Block podcast. He's That's like, what true. are you listening to? And he's like, they're like, oh, this is just podcast. And he's like, That's my fucking son-in-law. And like, really? Just random people we didn't even know were listening. So that, that was the moment, like when I realised you never really know who's listening. So like, Greeno's one hundred percent correct. My father-in-law, uh, you know, obviously the father of my wife, um, yep. he told me this story. He was at work and someone was listening to our little like obscure radio show and laughing. And he's and the, the guy was like, "Have you heard this before?" And he's like, "Yeah, that's my fucking son-in-law." Like doing yeah. that, and I was when I heard that, I was blown away because this was in the first like year or so of us doing a show. It's about 12, 18 months in, yeah. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, how does that happen? Like, I thought I just assumed nobody was listening all the time. You know, <laughs> maybe that's and, the and best that way to go about what we it. Presented. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's the way you're supposed to approach it. Just assume that you're just nobody's listening and you're having your own show, and then you'll be, you know, you'll be having more fun. Maybe I don't know. Maybe yeah. That's the way to do it. Exactly. Um, so, look, big thanks to every single person. Listen, like you mentioned, Kimmy, Steph, B, Troy, uh, Jennifer Briggs. Well said. Um, we've, had, we've had so many fucking listeners over the years. We, we've played anyone who sent us a fucking message this week. Everyone, I was dumbfounded. I messaged you after I sent out a message to a bunch of people going, hey, look, we're going to do this lame joke where we fucking people congratulate us. Don't fucking do it properly. Just say something stupid and send yeah. it in. Everyone, I messaged maybe 12 people and everyone replied within minutes. Like, yeah. it's just fucking, like, it's such a small little show that we do and, like, we love it and we kind of do it for ourselves because we don't care if anyone listens, but at the same time, we do it for our own we fun. We appreciate that but, you do. But the return that everyone fucking got back to us, appreciate, like, like nothing else. And can, um, I, can I give a special shout out to Monica? Because Monica has been, Monica in the chat has been somebody who's listened to this show since the beginning, like, since we were doing podcasts, but also, like... Mm-hmm my show, The Daily Boogie, since, like, it was yeah. a live stream. Monica's a sweetheart, and she shows up every single time, and she's like, yeah, I, hey, how you going, guys? And she's, like, oftentimes there's been live streams when Monica's been the only one in the audience. So 100%. I just want to give a, a shout-out, a tip of the hat. How about this, Monica? We'll give Monica a nice garage. No, Fucking nice garage, hey. Monica. Uh, no, 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 Scrap that. No, no, that's not the highest honour, Damo. I'm it? giving Monica a get-down buffet. 
Get down, Buffer. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. Now, we, to explain that reference, we'd have to go another 10 minutes. So all you need to know is it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Oh, no. We lost Greedo again. Oh, my God. Oh, there, all right. He's back. He's back. No, I'm still here. Right. I'm still here. Yeah. Now, I'm going to wrap up the show by saying this, Damo. This has been the most self-indulgent three hours, right? Yep. But at the same time, 10, 10 years on air. Can you tell me what – have you had your job you've got now for 10 years? No. Um, have you? Been living in, have you? Uh, I have because I'm a fucking <laughs> – Way to no, set no, up a no. sent- way to ruin a sentimental moment, Greeno. You fucking! Idiot. I told you you suck at this. No, no. Yeah. you suck at <laughs> radio. What is that? You're supposed Correction. to lie. You're supposed no, you're to right. lie. No, that's not our show. <laughs> Correction. I have, I'm not doing the same job. I work for the same employer. Ah. So does that count? Okay, we'll let you. Nice, right. Um, uh, <laughs> you, still, you still live in the same house you did ten years ago, correct? I do. But the only reason you do that is because you got a fucking contract which says you have to stay there until you sell it. <laughs> well, well, I could die. I could commit suicide. Yeah, you could. I guess. Do you still have the same hobbies and interests you do have from ten years ago? Uh, oh n- no, but I've never really had any that last longer than a year or two, anyway. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about uh, you? What about think- you? You're focusing on me. What about you? Tell your story. Uh, well, no, no. Well, let me finish one more thing. So okay. we still have the same partners from ten years ago. So yes. both of our wives fucking stuck with us through this, and we can't thank them enough. Well, now, uh, now, now, talk about being locked in by a contract. The banks, the banks are only the banks are only half as ruthless as we are. It's like you married me. Now you're fucking stuck here, bitch. You, you have to put up with everything I do. Otherwise, you're going to hell. That's how it works. Uh, ten years ago, yeah, obviously, uh, I, I had no kids. Now I've got two. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't, uh, I have two yeah. Rhodesian Ridgebacks, which you have two Rhodesian Ridgebacks. <laughs> Do you have the same car you had ten years ago? No, no. I don't have the same car I have ten years ago. My point with this fucking pointless back announce like <laughs> is is te- doing something for ten years. Not many things you do. Mm. Um, don't do, like we did different activities, different fucking houses, different, you know, everything thing is different. The one constant has been the fact that we've done this stupid show for fucking 10 years and you don't do many things in your life for 10 years. So, um, I know it's yeah, very self-indulgent. We've done it over the last, you know, three hours, but I thought, look, the, the reason I do it is because we love doing it and we're still putting it out there and our six listeners are still listening and we love them for it. So, well said. That's why we're going to fucking end the show of nice, you, know, you can do something, you might as well do something you love, and if you can do it for 10 years, you better fucking enjoy it. <laughs> well said, Greeno. Well said. I, I can't I can't say anything to that except uh, cheers. Uh, drink, cheers, grab, grab your glass of champagne. Let me do one of these ones. Hang on just a moment. Yeah, Th- I'll go. Thanks to everyone who listens, all six of you. Uh, thanks to you. You've been my best mate since we were five years old, Greeno. Five years old. And actually, um, Victor Von Schroom sent something through to me that I think you should probably be made aware of. Because he asked, um, because I owe you a couple of beers. I don't know if you know this or not. Because Victor Von Schroom sent this to me on my show on Thursday. and I I didn't understand what the beer reference was. So I was like, I'll have to ask you about it later. I need to. Yes, I found the clip. Okay. So Victor Von Schroom, because on my show I said, um, I've been doing this show with my best mate for, you know, what, 10 years, we've been best mates for over 30 years now, mm-hmm. uh, since we were about five years old. And he sent me through this video, which is in German. It's called Mein Bester Freund, 
which is my, <laughs> which is German for my best friend, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gave me like a $25 tip and he said, because you don't take Streamlabs on the starting block, take this and then annoy Greeno with it and buy him a beer. So <laughs> so I feel I have to, Greeno, before we go, I just, and I'm going to play a little bit of this and get your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, to you, you are mein bester Freund and I've enjoyed every moment of this with you. So enjoy this. <laughs> There's the weasel. Now, imagine I received this tweet and this video not understanding the background story. <laughs> All I get is a tweet from Victor Von Schroom. He goes, Greeno, he owes you a beer. I'm like, what the fuck is this you send me? I do not get it. Ich dachte immer, ich bin dein bester Freund. Sing ich doch die ganze Zeit. Ich bin mein bester Freund. So even though Victor Von Schroom has come through like uh, recently, we should give him a little bit of one of these ones as nice, well. Nice, For being such a you know a fun member of the Starting Block family, and another nice Gary, nice, Gary. to Granny Sears, Stefan Sears, who has who has harassed numerous amounts of American celebrities by tweeting our show at them. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. Yes. I, I know Chris Cheney's fucking sick of seeing the link. Chris Cheney from The Living End, singer of The Living End, had to had to get like at least a dozen starting block references in his uh, in his mentions every fucking week because of Steph. Thank you, Stefan. Thank you, mate. Uh, and, and look, before we go, this, this farewell song uh-huh. that ends our show every week has been our farewell That's song right. for every single episode That's from right. day one. So... Yeah. Um, People, yeah, do, people don't know that. This this is the one thing that's been a constant. So you talked about all the things that are different. Uh, housing, mm-hmm. living situation is different. You know, kids is different. Cars is different. Jobs is different. All of these things are different. The one thing that you're right. Fuck, I never thought of that. The one Ooh. thing that's remained a constant is our outro song, which has been Boys there since day one. Yeah. And and we fuck it. This show's already gone three hours. Yeah. Um, the, the background story, because people assume we're referring to ourselves as Bosom Buddies. No. What's the true intent of Bosom Buddies' outro, Damo? Bosom Buddies. There's thought that goes into this shit. That's right. The Bosom Buddies reference is not me and Greeno are Bosom Buddies. The Bosom Buddies reference is us and you, the audience. Yeah, that's you're what we're, our Bosom Buddies. That's right. Our six listeners are our Bosom Buddies. Correct. That that our, was the way we, we planned it from the get-go. It was like, you mm. know. Uh, you know, who else but a bosom buddy would sit down and tell you the truth? So that's exactly. like us to you and you and you to us. So that's the whole reference of that. There you Spot go. on. All right. Have you got anything to add before we uh, end, end our three-hour marathon? No, I've, I've done enough talking for today. I've done five hours broadcasting. Five hours. And I'm, you were, yeah. All right, sorry. No, I'm going to interrupt. Can you have a story time for me, oh, please? really? <laughs> God, I have to change screens. Okay, hang on. I like yeah, stories about pinatas. Bo- like, I've known Boogie since we were fucking five, right? So his dream job has always been to be a late-night talkback radio host. <laughs> <laughs> Which you have to talk for fucking seven hours straight. Correct. So today, because of this stupid Dreams show going three hours, I've I've delivered a dream on our ten year anniversary, sir. <laughs> nice, Gary. Thank you for uh, thinking of me, Greeno. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so let's generous. get the hell out of here, sir. Okay, follow <laughs> Greeno at the starting block. One word, drop the K at the end. Follow me at Boogie Bumper. I'll be back in about a year or two once I get over this. Um, follow all of our friends. Why censored? Be. 
Um, Victor Von Schroom, who does a show, The Victor Show. Winning TV, of course. Winning TV, dlive.tv slash winning TV. The Iceman I see in the chat. Follow the Iceman. And anyone else I may have forgot, just follow everyone. Just follow everyone. Thank you. Tip of the hat to everyone. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm not going to say here's to 10 more years because I don't know if I'm going to live that long. So how about... How about let's enjoy the time we have? How about that? <laughs> That's such a morose way to end the fucking show. I may die well, in the next decade. Yeah. Let's just enjoy what we got together. Let's, let's, end it, let's end it the way we started, assuming that we're going to be taken off air at any moment. Let, let, let's do it in the most low-key way like our original intro. <laughs> Thank, thanks for listening to the starting block. Up next, Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. Three Doors Down. All right, so to take us out on the 10-year anniversary, the way that we've ended every single show for 10 years with Lucille Ball and that big lesbian from the Golden Girls. B. Arthur. B. Arthur. Thank you for correcting me. (laughs) That big dyke from the Golden Girls. (laughs) Lucille Ball and B. Arthur will take us out like they have done every single show for the last 10 years. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you soon. See you guys next week. We'll always be bosom buddies, friends, sisters, and pals. We'll always be bosom buddies. If life should reject you, there's me to protect you. If I say that your tongue is vicious, if I call you uncouth, it's simply that who else but a bosom buddy will sit down and tell you the truth. Hey, Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill the- Actually, Greeno, you know, this is our last, this is our show for the 10 years. It's not our last show. Why don't we do the whole song? You're going to do the whole song? Yeah, why not? Like, yeah, definitely. We've already gone three. Let's go another four minutes. Let's do the proper, the, we'll do the proper song. This is, uh, and once again, quick story time. Yep. This is, wait, wait, we're, we're back we're, again. We're back. I like stories about <laughs> pinatas. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we can't end the fucking show. Uh, the, back in the day, we could not fill an hour. No. We could not fill an hour worth of shit. And we, I, I listened back to the first episode to get those clips, mm-hmm. and we had six songs in that hour, plus promos, plus back announcers, plus intro. Correct. So we, we were always struggling to fill an hour worth of content. So we said, hey, we've got this Bosom Buddy song. That gives us five minutes at the arse end of the show that we don't have to fill, and we can get out of the studio. <laughs> Correct. This is how we used to end the show. We had an hour, and we had to play news at the start, plus we had to play the ads, plus yep. five minutes at the arse end. It only seems right to play the whole Bosom Buddy song, man. Absolutely. Congratulations. Nice, All right, let's Gary. let's do it. And this will take this will take us out. And I'm sorry I, sh- I cut short uh, Phil's promo. DLive.tv slash winning TV, ladies and gentlemen. For Phil D'Angelo. So let's do this. Always be bosom buddies. Friends, I've never seen this clip. Haven't you? Pals. No, I need to know the song. Enjoy it, man. Enjoy it. Now the two left Bosom buddies. If life should reject you, there's me to protect you. If I say that your tongue is vicious, I can't believe that's me. It is. Call you uncouth. It's simply that. Who else but a
tell you the truth. Though now and again I'm aware that my cat. It's great because they're so catty at each other. Yeah. <laughs> but in that high society way, you know. Scald. I've been meaning to tell you for years. I'm just dumbfounded that's B. Arthur from Golden Girls. I kept my hair yeah, natural, natural like yours, I'd be bald. I'd be bald. <laughs> yeah. We heard that so many times. Darling. We'll always be dear companions. First cut from film. My mate. We'll always be harmonizing. Orphanani and Sandy. Sandy. Sense of styles as far Golf off as, as your youth. It's simply that who else but a somebody will tell you the whole stinking truth. Each time that a critic has written, you know, sometimes Green and I get accused of being gay because I know far too many of these old show tunes. <laughs> I don't know where people are coming from. You know See, that I. We, we didn't hear this for fifty-two straight weeks. <laughs> what a harm! What a harmful lie that people are making. Charles is the world's greatest lush. It hurts me. I'm thrilled by the style and wit of each jest that, that you make. make. It's bracing to trade quips Whips with, with my bosom buddy. Peoples. You eventually. You snake. <laughs> we used to have a foreign language show that came after our show, right? Mm-hmm. And they used well, it to It was say, uh, La- they were Laotian. Laotian, that's right. The Laos they, foreign language show. So there's the a Laos Laotian community in Sydney and there's like, yeah. I don't know, like, what, half a million? But they had a huge audience. So there's like half a million Laotians or something living in Sydney, apparently. 100% and, right. And what, what happened is they were telling us, because uh, we, we used to get out of the studio, we gave everyone five minutes, we did the right thing, and they would come in and they're like, boys, 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 uh, uh, Laos, they love your show. And we're like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, the song, Bosom Buddies, everyone tunes in five minutes early to 2GLF <laughs> to listen to Bosom Buddies every week. We love that song. We played the song as a piss take. Laos fucking listened to the last five minutes of our show to listen to this song every single week. Maybe we finally discovered why we're big in Vietnam because Vietnam is next to Laos. There we go. They ah, love fucking Bosom Buddies in Vietnam, Damo. They're only listening yeah. to Bosom Buddies. <laughs> Perfect. You snake. I feel it's my duty to tell you it's time to adjust to your age. You try to be Pega my heart when you're Lady Macbeth. Exactly how old are you, Vera? The truth. How old do you think? I'd say somewhere between 40, 40 and, and death. death. <laughs> We listened to this way too long. <laughs> we heard it every time for eight years. What do you expect? <laughs> we but should know it now. Sweetie, I'll always be Alice if you'll be Gertrude, Gertrude Stein. Stein. And though I'll admit I dished you, I've gossiped and gloated, but I'm so, so devoted. And if I say that sex and guts made you into a star. Remember that. 
The only time Greeno's ever seen that clip. With that, it's time to go. (laughs) What an episode. All right, I'm going to finish this bottle of champagne and hopefully eat something before I vomit my own own intestines out. How much you got left? Because I'm I'm probably only about one-eighth of the bottle left. Oh, yeah, I'm about a... Oh, yeah, I'm about somewhere between a quarter and a fifth. Which I'm glad we didn't open this earlier on. We took till segment three, uh, point twenty-one before we opened. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it. Who cares? Burn it down. Excellent. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. It's time to go. We'll see you next time. So long. Bye-bye. See you guys. And buddies. Bye. We'll always be bosom buddies, friends, sisters, and pals. We'll always be bosom buddies If life should reject you, there's me to protect you If I say that your tongue is vicious If I call you uncouth, it's simply that Who else Kitty B, shout out to Kitty B, special shout out to Kitty B One of our new friends, thank you, we love you Patriots, this I'm just going to interrupt one more time, Greeno. <laughs> I don't even know if he's there. I think he's left. He's left. I just want to interrupt one more time. Three hours, Mark. <laughs> I just want to interrupt one more time and say thank you to Kitty B because you gave a shout out to Kitty B on Twitter earlier and said, uh, thank you to Kitty B. She promotes our show better than the person doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so shout out to Kitty B, one of our new friends on the show. Thank you so much. All right. Let, okay. Now it's definitely the last time. Should we take take four to end this marathon show? All right, we'll start. We'll start the outro one more time, and we keep interrupting Phil's promo, him and Doc. But uh, you know, poor Phil, is is it too late to show B's picture of us in the studio for any of our DMs? No, I don't. I don't. I was thinking about tossing it up earlier, and I'm like, oh, you know what? No, I talk about. I talk too much about uh, communists and transgender people on on Twitter. I'm not sure I want any of them to know what I look like just yet. <laughs> I'm not Good big. Call. En- I'm not big enough yet. <laughs> Back to the outro for the fourth time. <laughs> all right, catch you all later. <laughs> we'll always be bosom buddies, friends, sisters, and pals. We'll always be bosom buddies If life should reject you, there's me to protect you If I say that your tongue is vicious If I call you uncouth, it's simply that Who else but a bosom buddy Will sit down and tell you the truth Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. 
just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise censored, affectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But why are you fumbling for coins when you have a heavy bag? <laughs> You're listening to The Starting Block on TAVshow.com. 